0: Welcome to the special edition of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. Tonight, instead of our usual offering of Warhammer 40,000 goodness, Jason and myself, Ian, dive into the Star Wars universe. Uh, returning guests Elton and Noah join new guests Jeff, as well as your regular co-hosts, for a look at the current state of Star Wars. We cover Rogue One, Rebels Season 3, and the new trailers for Episode 8 and Rebels Season 4. Be warned this episode is spoiler heavy so anything is fair game. The aforementioned movies and TV shows, trailers, and older stuff too older films, older shows, comic books whether it's the uh, current canon or Legends, aka the expanded universe. If you are worried about spoilers for any of those, go read them or watch them first and then come back. But we've got a great discussion between the five of us on uh how Star Wars is faring under the leadership of Disney, how the new films and TV shows have been going, and our guests bring lots of experience in terms of the greater EU. Gaming and Star Wars, and just our hopes and criticisms of uh, the recent Star Wars media. So uh, strap in and enjoy tonight's episode of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom.
1: You are now entering the wrong side of the maelstrom, with your hosts Ian Cluff and Jason McKendry.
0: Alright, so we're here for our second ever Star Wars
2: special. Mm-hmm. I like doing these special episodes, man.
0: Yeah, they're, uh,
2: they're... It's a nice refresher from just talking 40k all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we do that every episode with Beyond the Rim, but... You know. <laughs> I guess I Anyway, so we have three special guests on the show tonight. We have uh, our good friend, Elton. How's it going, everyone? Elton was on the State of Marvel episode a Mm -hmm. while back. We have Noah. Hi there. He was on our campaign episode. Campaign, yeah. And we have Jeff.
2: Hello. Who's
0: first time on the show.
2: Yeah. First time friend of the maelstrom. Yeah. First time on any podcast. (laughs) Break his cherry. But Jeff knows a lot about Star Wars, so... Okay, so, (laughs) hang on. We did this with um, the guys we had on the last Star Wars episode. I want to go around the table... And each person, oh, our guests, describe, like, what got you into Star Wars? What's your first, like, Star Wars memory? And what, like, made you a lifelong Star Wars fan, Elton?
3: Uh, That's a tough question. Um, My earliest memory of Star Wars, I have a very distinct image of the planet Hoth from Empire Strikes Back. And I was, like, five or six years old. And I think just the imagery of that, I remember not really understanding plot. I'm not even sure I could read at that point. I mean, like, four or five years old. But just the the visual imagery of it, and I think the wampa, the sounds of it, because this is before the, the, they released the new version. So I would say what made me a lifelong fan was the grunting sound of a wampa, Jason. <laughs> I'd say that that's what that's all it takes for me to devote you know serious time to something.
0: At
4: same answer for me, but at ats. Right.
3: <coughs> yeah. Empire Strikes Back, man. There's a lot of evocative sounds going on there. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Noah. Um, so me being like ten years younger than everyone else at this table. You don't need to rub it in. (laughs) I grew up with the prequels as my introduction to Star Boo this (laughs) man. So my first memories are the second movie. Were you a Jarvings fan? No. (laughs) No, it was awful. Um, That's good. But yeah, so my first recollections of Star Wars are is the Battle of Geonosis. Geonosis. That's my, my first. And then I watched the back, and it ruined it for me. But <laughs> that's that's what that's what I got don't me hooked. I have total to. hate
2: for the prequels, but we all know my stance on Star Wars, man.
4: Just give me more,
2: <laughs> like heroin to an addict. Just
3: yeah. like spike your veins,
4: right? The abridged version of the prequels is way better. Yeah, yeah. Better. was it? The the Phantom Edit. Yeah, that's yeah. what right. it's called. So, that's how so I watch bad. it. That's how I watch yeah. it
2: now if I wanna. Yeah. See, no more way. Jar Jar. How about you, Jeff?
1: Uh, so, I guess like you, Elton, it was sort of with the original trilogy. Uh, My uncle got me and my brother the VHS collector's edition thing way, way, way back in the day. And yeah, sort of just watching that, the whole whole atmosphere of sci-fi, it was really the first introduction to sci-fi that I vividly remember. And just all of the vehicles, the characters, people like Boba Fett, I don't know, just, they were just badass and... Yeah, so different from sort everything of, that you. Yeah, it was saw different before, from everything right? else, yeah. and it just caught my eye, and's been going that way ever since. I think since. that's one thing
2: we, everyone that likes sci-fi, likes about like really good sci-fi is the depth of like all the small things that have so much detail that you can then build on in an expanded universe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But enough about you guys. Let's talk about the state of Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Oh so tonight we're going to talk about.
0: Uh, recent Star Wars, so essentially Rogue One onwards, Rebels season three, and uh, the new trailer for the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh,
0: unfortunately, we're, this is going to drop on May the fourth, so there'll probably be even more stuff out today, but yeah. or in the future. Happy yeah. Star
3: Wars we're, Day, everyone! Yeah, by the yeah. way,
1: May the fourth be with you.
0: Yeah. Get oh, you is get that what out. that going uh, to get this uh, out by the fourth. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> now you just
2: made yourself a deadline. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to be up all night dead today. So <laughs> uh, okay, so let's kick it off. Let's talk about the big one first. Let's talk about Rogue One. Is that the big one? Yeah, I guess that's the big like, feature it's film. The that's last the big, that's it's the game. last mainstream yeah. entry in the franchise. Yeah. Um, it's been a while now since it came out. I think it's, it's out on DVD now. Yep. yep. Yes, it's, it's, just old. it's out on
0: Blu-ray. It's out on digital. Well, the DVD <laughs> skips, as I was talking about earlier. Yeah, so. you're
2: mentioning that that you bought the DVD yeah. and...
0: Then exchanged it and it still skips, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It yeah. might just be on the computer. Does the it seems like seems like Gotta
2: get into the digital age. That's it. <sighs> Fuck that. <laughs> I rented Rogue One last night, folks. You rented I digitally it. rented Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> okay. Where
1: did you manage to do
2: that? From? On Xbox, man. Yeah. I like, oh, I'm TV. gonna play
0: Star Wars on my turntable. The <laughs> soundtrack tomorrow When <laughs> we uh, Play Edge. So
2: um, looking forward to that. But yeah, I am looking forward so to that. Let's talk Rogue One, guys. Let's talk first impressions. Yeah.
0: Um, I like it better than Episode Seven, and it's up there as possible favorite movie.
2: Right on. Oh, favorite Star Wars movie or favorite movie? Star Wars movie, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, up to,
0: I mean, Star Wars is awesome, so yeah. up there. But, like, just the dark side of the rebellion mm-hmm. and that really was interesting and how they took a lot of risks with, oh, we should probably mention this now. This is going to be all spoilers all the time. But the so, movie's
5: all on Blu-ray. You haven't seen yeah, it by
0: now? You haven't seen it by now? I don't <laughs> Yeah. So, like, <laughs> all the characters dying at the end, all of that fun stuff, that mm-hmm. really, I like my media dark and gritty, so that did it for me. Right
5: on. Hmm.
3: I I think I'll take a dissenting approach at least compared to it's my one of my favorite movies ever. I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, I would say it didn't quite sweep me up the way I expect my Star Wars to. There's a certain there's a certain emotional I guess feeling or a series of emotions when I sit down to watch a Star Wars movie. That's kind of an escape. It's a whimsy. It's it's I don't know. It's like a high adventure. Not just because I'm high. It's a high adventure. <laughs> and. I felt like that movie didn't didn't quite have that. It felt it felt a little soulless. Now did that mean it wasn't entertaining or I I felt like I I you know I'd regretted spending my time? No. But it just wasn't quite what I was looking for. We can dig into the reasons why uh in a little you know, in a couple of minutes.
4: So for me, it was I don't know, like I definitely liked it. I liked it a lot. Um but I think the reason why I liked it is because it like filled <laughs> all the holes or a lot of the holes with the original movie. And, um, yeah, just, it you is cool the way that
2: it ties in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it really ti- does. It's a story based off of like a single line in the opening scroll of a new hope. Right. Yeah, Like it's that thing that I mentioned previously where it's a movie that has so much detail in everything that look, you can just create a whole movie based off of a single line. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I like all Star Wars movies. I'm kind of like you, Elton. I wasn't like blown away. I remember when we saw it, we saw a late show after I worked a hard day and I was kind of like, I wasn't falling asleep but I was getting really tired near the end of that movie and I left being like, maybe I was just too tired when I saw it because I didn't get that like super, super thrill from it but upon watching it again, yeah, it doesn't give you that like, that emotional connection but at the same time, like, it's a movie where all the characters are going to die in the end and we only got, what, how long is it? Two and a half hours?
0: Give or take. Yeah. uh,
1: Just under two. We don't have that much
2: time to get you emotionally connected to this many characters. Right? We're going to do our best with one or two and that's it. So maybe that's why you don't feel that. Mm. It -hmm. is what it is in the movie, like, in the type of movie that it is. Um, I see. What about you, Jeff? I really enjoyed it.
1: I thought it was probably my favorite of all the Star Wars movies. Uh, like you guys have said, it had, it does have its little downfalls at times. Namely, I think in terms of the overall story, like I don't think it hits quite a high note. But in general, I really like the dark overtone that they finally took with Star Wars mm-hmm. and how they sort of ran with that. And I think it worked well with the fact that it goes with that original trilogy where the Rebellion is sort of at a very low point, trying to rebel back. And I think the dark undertones there work really well with what it's leading up to and just as a whole takes, allows them to take Star Wars into sort of new directions with it.
2: As like a movie in and of itself, like filmmaking-wise, it's a beautiful movie. Absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. Absolutely. really well done. I think it's well mm-hmm. written, especially for a mainstream audience. And maybe we can touch on that. We can touch on it now. I wasn't too thrilled with the amount of like how mainstream it felt um was it ks2o or k2so k2so (laughs) um i felt there were too many jokes for the character Mm. but at the same time when we went to go see the theaters there was a dad sitting beside me with like a bunch of a group of kids and he was loving it and it's like okay well that's why that guy that's why that character makes so many jokes right because they're not catering to me the hardcore star star wars fan they want to make Money, man.
3: The movies, they really needed some levity, too. Like, I mean, if you had removed his jokes, then mm-hmm. there's really, like... Imagine being a little kid going to see that, and you never laugh once, and everybody dies, and it's like, yeah. oh, man, it's going to be, you know, a tough bedtime tonight. The
2: movie, too, yeah. also does a great job of pushing that theme of a resistance. The rebellion finally yeah. feels like a rebellion.
3: Again, right? I mean, they've kind of, like, they went back to It that. has a
2: heavy, like, French resistance feel to it. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's because of, uh, what's his name? Cassian, yeah, because of Cassian he has that like that accent, that European feel to mm-hmm. him, right mm-hmm. yep, um, but yeah, the whole movie it really captures that resistance feel
0: I also like how it represents the studio, or maybe not the studio, but like Star Wars is now taking risks, like that's by far the darkest story that's been told on the screen for Star Wars. do you Wars, think so
3: without a doubt you think you think so, yeah, I think. If you classify darkness in terms of story dressing, but not in terms of personal stakes, and that's and that's where I take my darkness in terms of did I invest in any of these? Like, I would say Empire Strikes Back is a far darker movie. Okay. In terms of like, imagine being a little kid leaving the theater. By and,
2: darking you by dark you mean they all die.
3: Okay. Well, let's say it's very dark,
0: and it's a very dark film. They feel like they've taken risks. Like everyone dies. Mm. You know, it's not. There's no, not as much like flashy light. There's no flashy lights, or Vader is. Briefly. Yeah. (laughs) And in the most memorable scene in the movie, let's be honest. It breaks very much from the other films.
3: It doesn't
2: feel like a normal Star Wars film. No. Mm.
0: And I think that's. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Maybe it's not going to be everyone's favorite Star Wars film, but it shows that they're willing to. Expand creatively, how they do films and take risks, and I want my star. I don't want my Star Wars to be cookie cutter. I want it to be interesting and vibrant and fresh.
2: So, speaking mm-hmm. of risks, let's just jump right into this. How did you feel about no opening scroll?
3: Well, I was going to mention that because it's very, you know, that's the moment. That's a very distinctive moment uh, from a filmmaking perspective. Where, as you were saying, mm-hmm. we're staking new ground from frame one, where you know the movie kind of taps on the shoulders, like this is not going to be what the other ones have been yeah and so seeing what they're going for uh in as someone who again voiced some tepid concern about the movie in my review i actually kind of like that
0: Mm -hmm. i like that
3: because it's as you mentioned uh if we're going to take some risk with the franchise and tell other stories it's a great way to do it and say listen there's the one plot thread we've been following of this family and whatever that is the movies so far and then now we're doing this other thing so you know i like that choice quite a bit yeah
1: additionally to that uh the fact that they didn't do that sort of opening title sequence uh, sort of helps to separate the fact that it is a one-off story Mm -hmm. compared to the all the others which you know are all part of the trilogy so i think going onwards all of their star wars stories ones are probably going to be like that because it does also help to create that larger gap between the two
3: Mm -hmm. there's something i wanted to point out as well and i'm going to be critical of the movie shortly but there's Another thing that I really liked, and in fact, recently saw that enhanced my appreciation of the film. I was watching at the new uh, Star Wars celebration in Orlando that just just wrapped up about a week ago. They debuted a bunch of uh, deleted footage from A New Hope that people hadn't seen before, uh, and one of them was an extended scene, you know, uh, where Darth Vader, you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing when they're in the conference room on the Death Star. The scenes that are deleted are the Imperial officers kind of bitching about like how the Death Star is Tarkin's big power play to look good. And there's like lines of dialogue about that before he enters the room. And it's like, the old Republic has been swept away. And watching that, I was like, wow, this actually fits really well with what Rogue One's about. Which is like, yeah. cunty Imperial officers having a power struggle. Like mm-hmm. That's a whole plot of that movie. And watching that, I was like, okay, so there's, there's clearly a thread they've picked up on here. That they then backtracked on to kind of f- flesh out that part of Rogue One. Which I, was, which I really yeah, liked. Good. And I thought, okay, this actually really makes sense. So, you know, I really appreciated how that's slotted in. Yeah, to the to the overall plot.
2: This is the first movie too, where we get like an imperial officer main character. Like you have like Tarkin in A New Hope, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't see that much of him. He's very much a side character. Yeah, uh, this is the first time that we really see like how the Imperium works on screen.
3: Uh, two words, Jay: Empire. Not Captain Nita. Nita. <laughs> What he was a great character. He, he's, he offered his apology in person. I mean, I, I, I immediately related to that guy. He's personable. He wants to look you in the eye. I mean, good
0: neighbor. But Krennic is a good character. and offers a lot of insight into the Empire, which is something I would like to see them explore more in like future one-offs.
2: And I like too how he, like I saw yesterday online what his actual like title was. But director, huh? Director. He's like director uh-huh. of research and like warfare and something. He's yes. not like general. Or something like that. Right. Right? He's not the leader of a big fleet. He's just some... He has a role in the Imperium. And we're following this guy now. Yeah.
3: I took yeah. it to be like kind of a, of an Oppenheimer, if that's a, like a historical reference. Like a, a guy who developed weapons for the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Right? So he has a position in the, I guess, the military hierarchy. But he's not a general. He doesn't command troops per se. Mm-hmm. But he's still in that kind of power struggle. Because that- the way the Empire is always p- portrayed is a, a bit of an internal power struggle.
0: And that's represented on screen. Like, he's got the modified shuttle. He's got the modified stormtroopers with Mm -hmm. their, like, weird blaster rifles and black armor and stuff. Like, it. Like I didn't know his title, but I always assumed he was a weapons development. Mm -hmm. Not just the Death Star, but lots of different things.
2: Yeah. I do like how this movie gives as much, um, like, insight and depth to the Rebellion as Mm -hmm. it does to the Imperials. Yeah. That's very true. True, yeah. That honestly I didn't even think about until we started talking now about yeah. how much we actually learn about the inner workings of everyone.
1: If anything I'd like to see them continue doing that because really all of the movies up until this point have been very rebellion oriented mm-hmm. whether it be with the Republic or in the I guess newer era movies. Yeah. Uh, the actual rebellion itself. And to me I've always found the actual Empire side of things to be more interesting but so it's mm. it's neat getting to see that other side of things. You Finally, get to see this type of okay.
2: stuff in like the animated shows. No, exactly. But like it's in on, a lot of the screen other screen things, the but first not. Time that we're getting to yeah. really look at all of it. Yeah, yeah, it's not as much on the main screen.
3: No. So ha- having said that, I am going to put a little bit of water in the wine here because this is something. It's a complaint I had about this movie, and it's a complaint I have about Star Wars in in general. Is that it has a really annoying habit of complicating continuity. About something they didn't need to complicate continuity about. <laughs> Let me give you the example, and this really stuck out to me. Princess Leia's ship was inside that cruiser during the battle, so in their conversation later, you know, p- transmissions were beamed to the ship. We're on diplomatic mission, really. I watched you fly away yeah, as I threw you in the void of space. Like, why did we need to put that in? It was the it was the Anakin built C three PO of that movie, yeah, where it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so this is this massively complicating plot point that really achieved nothing.
2: There were a lot of like Easter eggs and kind of callouts that some of them bother me when they're on um, what's the planet they go to? Yavin? See? No, no, when they go to Scarus? With... No, yeah. not
3: Jaku. No, 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 no that's the Jedi other one. Jetta,
2: Jeddah. yeah. Yes. And he, they see the the two dudes from Tajieta, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then he sees them yeah. the yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> he me they got on that planet before it got blown up. I guess they did. I saw, saw him immediately to their shuttle. Yeah. I saw so that just to a to shout get out the another desert planet. Those were the same two guys, man. No, I know that. Sure, but it's just like Unless there's something with the lore, I don't know where those two guys just—they're bar hopping across the yeah. galaxy. Oh, maybe yeah, that'd be
3: sick, man. Someone make that. There are
4: bar hoppers. <laughs> <laughs> Balchinians Galactic Pup Crawl. There's yeah. a the movie I want to see.
0: So Noah, you haven't said anything for a while.
4: Yeah, well, I, I've been thinking, right? Because you guys were all saying that's a new something different that you've seen on screen compared to the other Star Wars movies. That's mm-hmm. very true. But this kind of story dynamic of these stories that are like Rogue One, the whole story. You could watch that without watching other Star Wars, and it still makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone else here reads the comics, but I read quite a bit of the Star Wars comics. And a lot of the storylines within that are like that, where knowing Star Wars, you get all these little Easter eggs throughout the movies. But you could, on their own, you can look at them and understand them without needing other parts of Star Wars. And that's how... I,
3: I think that's true for ninety five percent of it. I think if you just debuted that movie and you didn't blow up that Death Star at the end, audiences would revolt. <laughs> if they didn't know that Death Star was getting blown up, like the movie ends with like like it's like we beamed with the plans credits. If you if that was the only thing we knew about the universe, like I think people would stand up with the theater <laughs> yeah. and be pissed. So but there's well, going what, to be a sequel, yeah. guys. Right? <laughs> so was that
2: all pointless? Right. Well, like, well I guess people are interested though to watch a New Hope. So my yeah. question then to so watch though, a movie that I do have trouble getting some people to watch, man, because it really? is it is old and. We were talking about this earlier. There's a little bit of cheese to oh, Star yeah. oh, Wars. Oh, obviously. In and every,
3: and every single film. Yeah. There's a bit of B-movie magic. Yeah.
0: Noah, do you feel that any of the other, like, the episodic movies are standalone as well? Or just this, like, splinter movie?
4: Um... No. Episode 1, No. Okay, yeah, episode... Kind of
0: exactly. Episode 1 or episode 4? No, episode, episode 1. Oh, no, no, i think I no, no, I'm talking about I would about say episode, a New I'm Hope is the...
4: I'm, I'm thinking a the first hope. one
0: that was released. Yeah, New Hope I feel like can stand on. The, the way game. episode yeah. one oh.
2: ends, that guy dies, okay, that kid's going to become a Jedi. I yep. mean, okay, that's it. Okay, now we build on to it, right? But the first movie in a trilogy usually is standalone with a, let's build on this. Right. Yeah, yeah of Either of those could work, yeah. I think all of the
1: trilogy movies themselves I don't think work well as standalone films. Simply because they do leave that open-endedness at the end of each one. Well, yeah, Whether it, does, it, be, it doesn't work
2: well as a standalone, but you can watch it and you're told a complete story.
1: Yes, but I wouldn't be satisfied walking out knowing it was a one-off. That's one. true, yeah. The original,
2: mm-hmm. a new How do you feel a when you left Twilight? twilight? <laughs> <laughs> a new oh, well then. A Dead New inside. was a, a standalone movie,
3: I will point that out. Yeah. Like, we like to talk about George Lucas' Master Planner. When that movie debuted, there was no episode 4 like in the opening crawl he had no idea if he was going to make another one, right? Mm-hmm. So that was intended to be a standalone movie. I mean, I'm sure he had ideas for a sequel, but as presented, that was his one shot.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So You had to grab the audience. And right. out of all of them, I think 4 works the best as a standalone because you get the introduction of the Death Star, the destruction of the Death Star, while also at least introducing Vader while kind of leaving
2: it up to whether or not he survived or not.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So, okay, we've
2: talked a lot about like, what we like and stuff. Does anyone have, like, big cons they want to point out? I'll, you pointed some mm. stuff out. I've said I thought it was a little too mainstream, some of the jokes.
1: Oh, God. The biggest or the worst joke in that entire movie was Vader's dad joke about choking on aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, that nearly yeah. killed the entire movie. Yeah. I thought that was
0: appropriate. Like, it's Star Wars. There's going to be cheesy one-liners. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but it's Vader, and he's always sort of characterised as the dark epitome of evil. And for me, just seeing him do that kind of cheesy one-liner as he's choking out Krennic, just... That's I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. It seemed out of place and it, not great. I don't think
3: Vader's ever quite... Cross. He, he, he makes one-liners, and I think that's what they're trying to get at, but he never quite... I don't recall any other eye-rolling lines from him. No, yeah,
1: it was just how bad it was, and it was right. just like, this is pushing it a little too far.
0: I wasn't a fan of the CGI uh, characters of Tarkin and...
1: You Haya. were a day...
2: I don't know, watching it again yesterday, I was like, you know what, I'm kind of buying this. They,
0: I think they did a good job, but they could have cast someone as Tarkin, and I think they should have just left Leia out entirely.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it will be interesting to see how the movie holds up in a few years. Yeah, Because I think that's the real thing with CG, yeah. is when it's yeah. released, it looks really good for the time. But as it improves, that's when you start to notice all those little things. That's why Jurassic Park is still amazing. No, yeah, and why the the
3: prequels ten years from now are gonna—I would say—be more might be more unwatchable than the original films. Oh no, they they already are. CG is aging very bad. I I think they already are. Practical Practical effects will always win out over CG. They're very timeless. Yeah. 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 Sorry. And to get back to, excuse me. To get back to, you know. Cons. Yeah. To get back to cons about the film. um, I mean. Yeah. I think that when you talk about the mainstream jokes, that's a complaint I heard people levy against uh, Force Awakens as well. And it comes to like, you know, and it's very early in the film. I remember I had a friend of mine who really, when, you know, Poe Dameron's on his knees, like, do you talk first or I talk first? Like, it's a style of humor Star Wars has never done. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of like Judd Apatow sense of humor and that's not an insult to Judd like I think Judd's a fantastic writer but it's a, it, Star Wars never doesn't quite... belong
2: in the Star right. Wars right it's, it's
3: universe, a new right? flavor for Star Wars mm-hmm. trying to speak to or like droid please yeah. like that Star Wars has never tread that, that ground so do I like it or not I'm not sure it's I, strange I in the
2: you get a lot of comedy
0: too much almost like, yeah like it's almost too lighthearted at times especially in season one. So. It also
2: was a Disney cartoon show. but yes, For anyway. children, <laughs> not grown men.
0: Not podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, any problems it, no?
4: Well, okay, so what, what struck me is when Jeff here was talking about Vader and how Vader's like this epitome of darkness, like he said. And again, it's my view of Star Wars is, I guess, different than everyone else at the table because the Star Wars material that I know a lot about, like said, the comics and stuff, is so different from the screen. Like, in the Vader series of comics, the multiple Vader series of comics, um, they go into, like, Vader's inner struggle and how he's really not the Lord of Darkness, like, at all. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, like, very broken. Mm-hmm. And he's not, and, and sad. That's how he is. But, like I said, if you've only watched the movies, you don't see that part of him. The, and
0: The tears behind the mask. Yeah. And, <laughs>
4: like, same thing with Poe and that type of humor in Poe's line of comics. That humor is there. And in other lines of comics, there's humor similar to that as well. Are the comics mm.
2: canon?
4: post comics Cameron. Vader is canon. There's, there's uh, All the new Marvel comics are canon. Yeah. Right yeah. Right. It's all yeah. the new stuff. Yeah. The yeah. Poe ones I really want to read. Yeah. If you're looking for a different type of humor within a Star Wars universe, the Dr. Afra series is really good. They go into a, a sense of humor that I guess isn't really Star Wars, but it's in the Star Wars universe, and I think it fits really well. I like it. Slapstick.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Eyes in the face for the yeah. Jedi Knights. Uh,
2: I, I was a big fan of the movie, but, I mean, it's kind of my same complaint with Force wagons I'm wasn't. i not a big fan of some of, like, the creatures they throw in there. Like, that mind-reading creature that Saw. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, the slug thing? does Soul, uh, yeah, that's a, I think oh, it's a little yeah, weird. weird. Wait, what? Bodhi. Yeah, Cody. yeah. yeah mm-hmm. when the pilot shows up and he's like, I have, a, I have something to tell Saw. Oh, he's like, well, right. we'll find out why you're really here. And, like, this creature comes and, like, wraps his tentacles around him. Right. Yeah, that, like... I don't know. If, yeah, I, I remember, if I want a creature, I want a Rancor, man.
0: I remember yeah. you saying that as part of the Force Awakens with the stuff that Han's smuggling. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a little out of place. Like, creatures are a big part of Star Wars. I was just listening to another an Edge of the Empire podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way, which is excellent GMing podcast. But they were, the episode I was listening to was all about creatures and how, like, they're so... Like they bring out the weird in Star Wars mm-hmm. and you got like Wampas and Tauntauns and Rancors and Diagna or Diagona, the, the ones in the Death Star and the garbage.
2: Yeah.
0: But you know, all the creatures in the prequels and stuff like that. But then the newer creatures don't feel like
2: that.
0: Yeah, they don't feel as they feel more out of place.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Ebert, the famous film critic, had a, a great observation about Return of the Jedi. This is building exactly off the creatures of Star Wars. And he's like, this is... What makes Star Wars Star Wars and unique almost to any other, I guess, mainstream storytelling. You talk about the scene with the Rancor, Return of the Jedi, where Lucas uh-huh. killed the Rancor, and they've shown this dramatic scene, and he survives. And the movie takes time to show the Rancor's owner, crying. who is heartbroken and crying. And it's like only in Star Wars would we pause for a moment to say this thing was someone's pet
2: and who okay. loved it it's like no other no matter how big and hideous it was it's part of what makes it like like everything is
3: something's a pet everything is alive it's like you know what I mean the relativity of that and Mm -hmm. just like how the story just stops in the middle of a very dramatic moment to go oh but this guy's really upset (laughs) it's a fantastic moment right like it really and like like we said about the creatures like the fact we stop and take time for so many Mm. of these different things right that's true yeah the the universe is just as important as the story right and I don't think I, any of the creatures more is, so. Yeah. They're never yeah. portrayed as evil. The Wampa isn't really evil. It's just a creature. The right? big whatever it's called, the big thing that lives in the afterlife that tries to eat the Millennium Falcon. That's not evil. Space worm, bro. Uh, space? Uh, is it really space worm? That uh, seems called. Uh, it. space
0: slug. That seems or, a little basic. There's, there's like an official term for it. I can't remember.
3: Space but, worm is pretty good. But all these <laughs> things are never like. There's no mm, judgments about them, and they're and it's all portrayed kind of on the level. It's, it's very unique, right? Like nothing mm. else really does that yeah. in mainstream pop entertainment.
0: But they don't do that in the new films. Or they haven't done it.
3: Mm, yeah, maybe, yeah, you're right.
0: Like, there's stuff Not that, the, one, the ones that are on, that Han's smuggling, like, there's no, they're very one-dimensional. They're yeah, just yeah. escape and attack everything.
3: They've tried, but it hasn't quite hit the same mark. Yeah. I think that's probably the weakest scene of Force Awakens. We don't need to dwell on that, because it's the state, <laughs> state of Star Wars. I mean, that's a year ago. Yeah. But the weakest scene of Force Awakens is on Han's ship. Yes. Because that whole thing feels very J.J. Abrams. If you've watched his reboot of Star Trek, those same animals so are in, very, yeah, are in the reboot, or, reboot yeah. of Star Trek. Exact tent, you know, tentacles that chase you down a hallway.
0: But that's a weaker scene in Rogue One where they have this thing that like sucks his brain and you don't really... His like. Brains. like Was it necessary? Because the only mm-hmm. effect is Bodhi's kind of out of it when they... Get thrown in jail next to him. It's like, well, they could have just beat him and had the same effect. Yeah, that's but true. Or done
2: any other number like, of things. Yeah, also yeah. so kind of a hero pilot that like never actually flies. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it really messes him up.
0: He flies that shuttle once. Yeah, take Even off. Even then, I think he's
2: co-pilot-ish. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's
0: just not a good pilot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: Then <laughs> Maybe a good that's, good that's why you wanted to do the because I'm no good at this. Yeah, no, no. He to get out of here before they realize he
4: wasn't. He wasn't like a starfighter pilot, right? He was a shuttle pilot. He was a shuttle pilot. Yeah.
2: Jeff, you got any cons?
1: For me, the the entire sort of subplot with Saw Guerrero mm. uh, sort of was just yeah. really weak and out of place to me. Like, I felt that they could have either removed his character pretty much altogether and had almost the exact same story go on without
3: him.
2: But how would she have gotten the message? Any other number <laughs> of
3: ways? <place? laughs> if, if he can smuggle out a message, why does he just smuggle out the plans? Yeah. Like...
1: I don't know. Between that and just the fact that his character just felt weak and not really fleshed out enough. Like, I wasn't the biggest
2: fan of his character. Yeah. It wasn't Horace Whitaker's best actor. And he was,
3: he's, no, trying. Really, could, yeah. he's trying.
1: Horace is really, he's trying. I feel you, like I it agree. was just a script more so than anything. Like mm. yeah. He just wasn't a well-written character. He's committed it. to the character, though. He no, does yes. the actual
2: voice on right. the cartoon. On history. Rebels, yeah.
1: And I've heard he's an interesting character in uh, the Clone Wars series, but I don't know. Having so, never seen mean. him before in it... Yeah. I I had no draw to the character, and he never really provided anything. It's funny that
2: you say he has no like you have no draw to the character, but like isn't he the reason why you care about why the Death Star just blew up a city? Is because he dies in it as well. Not really.
5: No,
0: I cared about no. those two guys who were in the t- cantina. They later. got
1: out. <laughs> it? you know they got out. You know of they the exactly. you know- <laughs> <laughs> They go and they drink their sorrows away at Tatooine. Okay, so yeah. we're talking
2: about characters. You guys want to go around the table and talk about your favorite character? Ooh, in Rogue One. In Rogue One. Oh, okay. In Rogue One. In Rogue <laughs> One. Um. Jeff, you want to start?
1: Overall, I don't think any of them were ultra memorable to me. I liked sort of the interactions between, uh, oh, shoot, what's her name, the main character, Jin, Jin. Yep. Um, and the smuggler. But really, beyond the two of them, the others felt very, sort of just there for the ride. Like, none of them were really fleshed out. Like, K2SO was probably the next closest. Mm-hmm. And that was simply because he had, you know, some good one-liners here and there. And he was really the most different of all of the characters. Like, he actually showed emotion that was beyond sort
2: of just the sort of... It was a robot you cared about.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was actually fighting,
2: not like... Just wandering around. You know, yeah. like... They, they're there they for comedic effect. Walk through effect. the middle of a yeah. battle and don't get hit with a single blaster yeah. shot. You never have to worry about Exactly, yeah.
1: he's always doing something to help them out, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a deviation from what you normally see in the movie universe.
0: And he really steals the show.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: that's yeah. a lot on Alan Tudyuk as well. Yeah, who, who yeah. just has a fan- He has fantastic timing. If anyone out there, oh, yeah. and he's also very podcast. self-conscious <laughs> in
2: that role as well.
3: <laughs> yes, as I was he's right. really oh, worried really? that
2: like he, everyone is standing around wearing like. Cool Star Wars outfit, and he's wearing like this green Mo caps. Yeah. 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 And but he's he, like really worried that this character is going to be stupid. And they're like, no, man, trust me, you were going to steal the show. And he did.
3: He's got a great sense of comedic timing. I mean, I'm spe- preaching to the, the choir right now, but I'm, if anyone out there hasn't seen Firefly, check it out because it's the same kind of thing. He yeah. has a great ability Firefly, to steal Firefly,
2: exactly. If you want to see him acting at what I think is his best role, Death at a Funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is phenomenal in that movie. Yes. Like, yes. He has he's, a, he's talking he's, about stealing the show? He can steal scenes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Ian, favorite character?
0: Uh, I think. I think it was the who mentioned this earlier, how you don't get attached to the characters in the movie because they they throw a lot at you. Mm -hmm. So Krennic's really good, but I'm going to say Jyn so because of what her and Rey kind of represent of the new Star Wars. You have a second
2: movie in a row with a lead female.
0: Yeah, which, like, traditionally, Star Wars has been really shitty towards women. You think so? Yes. Like, just had really, they've had very few roles, very... Like, there was a huge article saying how, like, well, if they just had better reproductive health, they'd lay a, wouldn't have... Oh, or, yeah, yeah, uh, when, Padme uh, wouldn't die. Padme dies, and right. that actually caused Fair. all this...
1: I think they're so, very it, up and down with it.
0: Anyways, to be, like, not to get into, like, huge political issues, I just think it's good that, you know, people, like, women are in leading roles in Star Wars and the, arguably the biggest franchise, period. As well as people of color, like Cassian and uh, Finn and mm. all the other, uh, the two characters they pick up
3: on Jadu, like the, uh, the... Donnie Yen and his buddy. Yeah, exactly. I defy anyone at this table to say the name of that character right now.
2: What? I got it written down here. Base something. <laughs> Which one? Boz yeah, and Cher- Baz. Okay, there you go. So Jay had to cheat,
3: and that's one of the weaknesses of that movie is it's the blind guy and his shooty buddy. Yeah. We really could have spent maybe 10 more minutes like explaining who those people were. But
0: they—they they also there was another article I read that was talking about this guy who brought his dad uh, who's like an immigrant to the States. And it was, his dad was really excited because those characters were speaking with the same accent he did. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of movies, they don't like it's like, oh, your cast is a guy and you got to speak like a white guy. It's like, well, these they're letting then bring that...
2: There's more Mm -hmm. multiculturalism. Yeah, uh,
0: and I think it really adds to the film. Mm -hmm. Especially like, okay, you have this universe with all these aliens, but everyone speaks with a British accent? Like, come on.
3: (laughs) Right, and that was a bit... I I think we tend to judge a lot of it through the prequel lens, where the good guys are white people with British accents, and the bad guys are immigrant-sounding aliens. Yeah. Or, and then the comic relief is other... Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of... You can look into it that way. I think the original trilogy was, for its time, quite progressive in terms of portraying... There's something for everybody, and some, you know, you could, like, strong female characters, strong black characters, strong, even older characters. I know it sounds strange, but, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, as portrayed throughout the original series, you know, there's, was quite interesting before we had ever had a Gandalf on screen, before we ever had, there was that, you know what I mean? There was, was, I think the original ones, we tend to view this, this, the whole franchise through the lens of the prequels, which wasn't... That's true,
0: but there's a great line in, um, off of, uh... I can't remember the name of the website, but they do a video talking about women in Star Wars. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're either born a princess or you're space hooking. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's a yeah, great. Sure. If you take <laughs> out Leia,
3: it really, you're struggling. Which, yeah. so that brings me to my favorite character. And, you know, K2SO was the obvious kind of like choice because he's really funny and he steals a lot of scenes. I'm going to say my favorite character is a character that finally, finally we get a fleshed out, her role is fleshed out, her due is mm-hmm. given... And it's portrayed almost perfectly, because when we did Tarkin, and I like that they put Tarkin in the film, even if it was CGI, because we finally, this guy could can order around Darth Vader, he needed more screen time. My favorite character was Mon Mothma, because finally we had her on screen like, giving orders, and, hmm. and the actors who played her looked like her. Yeah. We didn't need to CGI yeah. it. Like, I believed it from
2: the moment she walked on the screen. I'm like, oh, that's her. To be fair, the actor that played Tarkin,
3: he, he, wasn't just, he
2: wasn't just wearing like a green... No, he looks almost exactly like... He looks like... a lot like him, and yeah, he did pushing. the acting. And then they just do CG on top of him, yes. yeah. right? Like, he is a good... I think he did a great job playing Tarkin.
0: Yes, so, absolutely. Also, there's a deleted scene from Episode 3 that has Mom Mothla in it, and it's the same actress as in oh, really? Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, it's a little cool title. Yeah,
2: there. wow. She
3: must have aged fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say she... Just because, like, the way she was portrayed in that movie, she didn't really have a great role and I mean, a character like her, she's never going to have an arc. Like, she kind of just is... is Always her. She yeah. should though. But it was just great to finally give like this person her due, supposedly the leader, and we barely—he's in one scene. Mm-hmm. So we finally—it was like something Boba Fett should have had, where we get mm-hmm. this whole back scene that explains, oh, she's this and this and this. So I'd say I really, I really like
4: what they did with her. Yeah. Noah, I'm gonna go with Caskin. I like him. He was good. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. um... Nice. <laughs> and straight into the point. Yeah, so, so what? Yeah, so he was. Was he was a, he a dick, was, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm a dick. Yeah. He was a dick. I I I liked him. I thought he was good. Um, yeah. yeah dude, and he, I think he had a little bit more of an arc than some of the other characters. Because right, cause at the start of the movie, he's very like, well, get the information out of him, shoot him in the back, move on.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And then when he goes and they meet up with uh, Jin? with Jin's dad, mm-hmm. right at that point, he doesn't pull a trigger. So there, there's like a little bit of progression mm. you to that character. You get a little character.
2: bit of backstory to him as well that maybe he he had a tough life, man. Well, yeah.
4: Right. He's since he was what, five or something. They say in the movie. Yeah, I should have rewatched it. So I, got to know. <laughs> but I think it's five that he's been in the rebellion since he was. I remember five not years liking
2: him that much the first time I watched it, and when I rewatched it yesterday, I was like. I think that he is the biggest reason as to why that movie has a resistance feel to it, because yeah. he yeah. really yeah. represents he what a resistance fighter is. Yes. And we
3: talk about the French Resistance. You made that analogy earlier. Yes. He is the great example of that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: perfect example. Like he really sets the whole mood of how mm-hmm. the movie feels. Yeah, right? someone who was born into it and sort of brought along for the ride. Yeah, the accent. It has that like espionage. <laughs> it feels very like World War II French Resistance underground. Like espionage field, spy fields. Yeah. Right. Not a spy, but like you're going undercover to, and to will- pull off a big mission. And right.
3: willingness to kind of compromise your morals to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's Sacrifice in a dark yeah, situation. Right.
0: Yeah. He's ruthless. Like he murders his informant and like he says near the end like we've all done, or like him and his crew, yeah, that's like I, we've all done it. terrible things of rebellion. Like that; those are the stories I want to explore. Like that's one of the big reasons I like the film.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we talked about this earlier. Um, about Donnie Yen, about Charut and Baz, that's right. right. And we also mentioned how no character really grabs you. And I think that that's why Donnie Yen is my favorite character in that movie. Because, like, if you're not into martial arts films, understandable. But Donnie Yen coming to Star Wars is a huge deal. I, oh, a absolutely. Huge deal, man. That's like if I told you uh, Jackie Chan was coming to Star Wars. But Jackie Chan is a little bit more comical than. Donnie Yen in his films.
3: Right. And Donnie's arguably a bigger deal now in that market than Jackie is. Yeah. Like, he's a huge A-list star.
2: Yeah. And the fact that you're bringing martial arts and not just lightsaber martial arts to Star Wars, man, that's a huge deal. Also, like, the boss and true characters, I don't know if I'm saying that right, true, but they're um, Guardians of the Will, which is, like, a religious cult. So now we're exploring religion outside of just, like, well, they were, but their religion is to the force. Right, Right. but just outside the Jedi... But outside of the Jedi, yeah. And the Jedi and the Sith. We're talking about how the Force is affecting the universe. Other than them. Um, And the fact that they worship the Force and worship crystals. Is this the first time we're actually talking about, like, the crystals themselves?
4: Any sort of depth on on screen. On the screen? Yeah.
2: Like, he's asking asking her if she knows, if she has crystals or if she wants crystals or something like that. The bow that he uses on the final battle... Is actually like a lightsaber bow. It's, it has a crystal inside. That's what oh. he's firing from the bow. Is like lightsaber bolts.
0: Makes a lot more sense. They took
2: down a Tie Fighter with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So there's okay, a lot more depth to like those two. If you start researching into it and looking into mm-hmm. it and stuff like that, and I think they're mentioned in some of the comic books and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and
4: there's a big arc on that in the uh, in the Clone Wars.
2: Mm-hmm. So those two characters have that like Boba Fett feel to it. I think where there's a lot more to like these two guys than. Is portrayed on screen, but yeah, main point. Donnie Yen just super pumped that they brought someone like that, even though he's dead now. But like,
3: but it, you, you make a fantastic point. I mean, the fact that Donnie Yen is appearing in a Star Wars movie represents a merging of two worlds. That's
2: it's quite remarkable. A like, merging of like international right stars coming over to be like, this is a franchise I want to be part of. Right, and it shows that how
3: much how global Star Wars and not just has become, but always maybe perhaps mentioned been.
2: before Star Wars before was just a classical. We all we're all British, right? Yeah, now we're Getting international, right? Let's keep it going, man. It's a great point.
0: All right, uh, how about we take a break before we move on to Rebels? Sure. All right.
2: All right. I'd like to take a moment of silence for Rebels. They have announced that season four is their last season. I'm just kidding, we don't have to take a moment But that, that was a moment. <laughs> yeah, that, that was something that surprised moment. me completely when I found out um, they released the trailer for season four, which we'll talk about afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't announce that season four is going to be their last season of the series. And the series, it's, I don't know how well it does in the ratings, but it's telling a good story. It's ai have said it time and time again. Like If you're not watching Rebels, you're missing out on some great Star Wars. Um, so let's talk about season three then before we talk about the trailer for season four. Yeah. I think let's just talk about some of like the key characters. We're not going to get into it, because there's so much to talk about. There's so many <laughs> hours of a show there's in the season, so right? so many
1: different things you can go into.
2: Yeah. But let's start with, I think, one of the first ones that show up, one of the first big characters, Thrawn. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A character that completely... when I, me- I remember seeing the trailer for season three, and I lost... My shit, when I saw that Thrawn was going to be in that, and I think every big Star Wars yeah. fan did. Like, I think I got goosebumps, man. Yeah. When I saw yeah. like that, like cold voice, right? And what a perfect character! And I think that they're portraying him perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's I mean, very... I haven't read as much as maybe Ian has or Noah in the comics. You have you? Do you guys want to touch on how the characters portrayed in the books as opposed to? I barely remember him. Is but...
1: Thrawn in the comics?
4: He, I don't know. He, he has a series of books, I believe. Yeah, yeah. he's the an thing, heir to the empire. Like the thing crazy. was, is I, I saw Thrawn, and I was gonna start looking at his stuff because it's it's a completely different line of stuff, right, within the comics and books and whatever they just got. But he got onto the screen right before it, so I was like, I don't. Is there a point? In yeah, I don't care <laughs> to read all the stuff that's no longer canon. Yeah. Right, because mm-hmm. well, what they're gonna put out for him now is gonna be new canon. Like I could go back and read it all, but yeah, at the same point though. I believe
1: that the Thrawn books are now technically canon, because they just released the book Thrawn, yes. which was written by the same author as the guy who did the entire Thrawn trilogy. Timothy Zahn, right? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, well, and I don't it know, just I know if the books that. themselves are canon, because they take part in like a yeah. larger story, right? So then they would have to say that everything it's, else in that story is yeah, also canon. It Probably is a weird a... subject,
1: because...
0: The books probably aren't. like the no, trilogy. I do so, no.
2: But I
1: feel like the Thrawn stuff might be, but...
2: It's one of those we're things that to be retconned. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's not canon, I still think it fleshes out a oh, character definitely. so that you know... Like, just because they delete it from canon doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's It's not worth reading. It's not worth reading to understand the character better. His mindset's still the same. It's still the same character. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and I think that deletion from the canon of all the expanded universe, that was the one that cut the worst because that was the... That kind of started the expanded universe. Yeah, yeah. That really
2: carried you from... Return of the Jedi.
3: Yeah, There's and, and really for a weird. lot of long-time Star Wars fans, Thrawn was... Because I remember reading those books, but he also existed elsewhere. Like, if anyone ever played the old X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games, he was a character in that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Like, if you played as, like, TIE Fighter pilot, he, yeah. was, the, he was your commander. Sick. And he's always kind of loomed over the franchise outside of the films. Mm-hmm. And he was the character they brought up as, like, you know... Uh, outside of the movies, here's the new bad guy, here's a new thing, and he yeah. has a very distinctive look. What do you mean, Shizor didn't do it? He didn't do it for you? Prince Shizor? <laughs> <laughs> nope, not quite. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I, you know, even as someone who doesn't watch Rebels regularly, I was really glad that he has been brought back. Mm-hmm. Because he, he meant so much, not just, you know, not really to me, because I did read those books, but I didn't really care if they got erased. But there was a tremendous amount of fan outrage. So the fact that they did bring him back. And kind of tip their hat to those longtime fans. I thought it was a really good gesture.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's restoring a lot of faith in what Disney's doing in terms of bringing, picking and choosing the best of the EU and making it canon yeah. again. Yeah. Bringing it cause, back, because yeah.
4: there's a lot of bad EU, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which no one
3: really wants to own up to. But yeah. it's, it's like the expanded universe of anything, <laughs> any, yeah. any you know fandom. There, a lot of the EU is bad. And I don't think anyone's ever made it through all of it. I'm um, probably wrong. <laughs> definitely least, there's probably someone somebody. out there who is a master, can recite it chapter and verse. But, oh, and to, to your point, Jiggs, I just looked it up. Um, I, what I could just quickly find, the season three premiere of Rebels had 1.2 million viewers. Right on. So as a ratings, it's pretty That's good. That's pretty good for a cartoon.
2: Yeah. For a cartoon, is pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, okay, let's switch it over to a good guy, I guess. Kanan. Kanan's changed a lot.
0: Yeah, he grew, season, he
2: grew a beard. He <laughs> beard. <laughs> he lost those things where they... Oh yeah, his eyes. Oh, no. oh. His eyes. Blind Kanan. Um,
0: but the beard is really... <laughs> <laughs> Did he lose the ponytail too?
1: No. No,
2: I think he still has the ponytail.
1: It sort of just hidden okay. behind the mask
2: okay. a bit.
0: So he hasn't changed that much. No, just but blind it is,
2: <laughs> I do like how you have a main character that's kind of taking... I mean, he still has a very large role in the show. Mm-hmm. But he's not going on every mission. He's kind of taking a little bit of a... Taken to the sideline and letting Ezra take the spotlight of the show, well, sort
1: of just everybody else too. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he's not there allows the other characters to sort of shine and yeah. allows to them to give more spotlight onto the others. Besides, you know, yeah. the one key Jedi that's still around and known.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, in the earlier seasons, it was required, right? Because they did the whole time jump mm-hmm. thing, where before when Ezra Which was a like. kid, they, Kanan mm-hmm. needed to be there, yeah, because yeah. or else just be kid running around with a lightsaber like no there needs to be the when he was still like padawan air quotes
2: i think he still is padawan but yeah
4: well no because he can't be a padawan because kanan never finished becoming a knight so kanan can't train him well neither one of them are true but, jedis which i think we'll talk about later but. okay well, when ezra was a little
0: bitch he needed
4: <laughs> someone
1: had to slap him into place yeah, yeah
4: well kanan apparent well kanan is a knight now because he finished his training with yoda he did? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, and that Vision mm, thing. Yeah. That wasn't Yoda, that was the Inquisitor or whatever. The Inquisitor, yeah, but he also... Was Ezra was chatting with Yoda. It, Ezra, yeah, it was Ezra with Yoda. Oh, well.
3: Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> he, he finishes. Wow. But okay, he is, he is, a, he is a full <laughs> night. So good. Now. Yeah, but I feel, I feel like that... I mean, this is something we discussed uh, before we went live, but I feel like that... This is another example. Of we've kind of complicated the continuity now, so the show needs to deal with him before it, the end of season
0: four. It's a vision of Yoda. It's like Yoda in a holocron, almost. So it's yeah, not it. necessarily. So Yoda's. why did Luke waste his
3: time going to Dagobah? Why can not I just train with he the vision? Again?
1: But you didn't have a holocron. It wasn't at the right place or time.
3: Right. Okay. So why didn't he? Why didn't he go train with Obi Wan Kenobi in his hut on Tatooine, and finish the training there? Why does Obi Wan send Ezra away when all he's doing is monitoring another Force sensitive person? See, this is what
2: like it's little complications and continuity. maybe there's too much Force in one area. You're gonna attract because he's, he's yeah. not because.
0: Obi-Wan is protecting Luke, and he can't have yeah, other people mucking exactly. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially Just like how
1: draw presence towards that Yeah, area. like Ezra
0: brought Maul to Kenobi. Right. And almost, like, you know, went after Luke as a result.
2: Okay, awesome. We're here. Let's talk about it. Maul. Oh. We now have the complete story arc of Darth Maul.
4: Or do we? Maybe he doesn't die again.
2: Maybe he doesn't die. Maybe... Oh, Maul's just like, yo, are not another hole. Pretty, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, they're going to
3: show, Boa Fett crawls out of the Starlight Pit, Maul comes out behind him. It's just like a succession <laughs> of dead characters coming out of that hole. Uh, yeah, it really, you know, you mentioned that you, all these, uh, you know, from Clone Wars to Rebels, and then I guess even the comics, because Maul's a character there as well, uh, really kind of fleshes out his complete story, and it really goes to show, you know, what a shame it is, for those who only ever saw the prequels. And yeah. what a shame, like, one of the great missed opportunities of Star Wars is Darth Maul.
2: Well, I think, yeah, and I think that, especially we were kids when we first saw Episode 1, I think I was 10, 12, came out, 10, mm, yeah, something yeah, like 10, something 11, like 12, 12 that. in that era. In that it came era. out in that era. And I ever yeah. seen Darth yeah. Maul, and be like, yes, this is a guy I want <laughs> <laughs> to see be a bad guy in these Star Wars movies. Bam, dead. I'm like, whoa, okay. Right, and really, and really
3: give him <laughs> not there much not. to yeah. do. And it was a complete missed opportunity yeah. of fandom, like where George Lucas was clearly not on the like same Ray level Park, as his fan.
2: and like an incredible like uh,
3: martial artist, martial stuns. artist stunt actor, yes. whatever
2: you want to call him, right? Uh, actor, he played Darth Maul. Yeah, um, could have been used so much more. Yeah, I understand to push the story forward. Whatever, it's awesome that he gets a full storyline. Right to the point of like he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. That whole story arc, the failure in the end. Yeah, he still fails. Awesome. You want to talk about Dark? Talk about. I know he's a bad guy, but that's a guy that just was fueled by revenge, fueled by hate, fueled by everyone dropping him and turning on him, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he still fails in the end.
4: But like that's that's all he is. I don't. I personally don't care for Maul. He's never been a character I've really cared about. He's just that's that's what he is. He's the angry guy. He's the, the angry guy who's...
3: The yeah. He, the, he, he wants to dance in Darth Maul's. He's just, basically, He's so... He's put a smile on.
4: He's so one-sided. He's just always the same. He's just always angry.
2: We he only... became the king of the
4: Mandalorians, man.
0: <laughs> that's I'm talking about But that. he was... Well, he's so single. That. Like, his only thing is yeah. his yeah. obsession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... That... It's... I, I see where you're both coming from. Like, it's very one-dimensional. Like, the only thing about Maul is... He's obsessed with Obi Wan, but because that obsess- obsession goes so deep and drives him so fiercely, that almost adds more depth, like adds more depth to him in and of itself. But I think I, that's how
2: I feel
0: about it. Yeah. But I see. I see where you're both coming from.
1: But it makes it difficult to like him as a character if you're only jumping in at certain points. Yeah. Because yeah. I've never watched Clone Wars, and going, you know, right from Episode One to Yeah, Rebels, yeah. you yeah. have to like. Uh... He did nothing for me. No, you have and to see it was the sort Clone of War stuff there, yeah. and it was just like, "Oh, okay, it's cool that they brought him back." Yeah, no, you have to see the
2: Clone Wars stuff where he has a brother and stuff like that. Then they, mm-hmm. they team up together and become like they actually become a decent okay. force, right, to be reckoned with.
0: Then Palpatine then, just puts him down. Yeah, yeah. Palpatine just <laughs> destroys both of them. You're
2: like, okay, well, maybe not. And then he comes back even farther. Like, okay, it's a really cool story. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: my I'm- friend Zach, his two favorite lightsaber fights is. Uh, Darth Sidious versus Maul in Oppress, mm-hmm. and then Obi-Wan versus Maul in Rebels.
2: Which is incredible, because here you are thinking that you're going to get a massive, mm-hmm. intense fight, and Obi-Wan just tunes them. And that's yeah. something,
3: I'm, I'm glad we saw from that, because I, I love that episode. And this was, to me, an example where I've given the franchise a lot of grief over complicating continuity. I thought this was an example to the other side. I love the decision to make it a squash match. That's using, that's using a combat sports wrestling term. But essentially, not every fight... There was so much more was conveyed in the brevity of that fight than would have been conveyed if they just tore the house down again. Where I really... And, and just to have their meeting again... Now, I, I'll admit I haven't seen Clone Wars outside of a couple episodes. But just the knowledge of... Like, when they finally meet at the end of their respective lives, essentially. One's old, the other one's kind of broken. And they have kind of lost everything... And the, what's conveyed in their final fight, and what's conveyed like, there's I thought the emotion a, there was a friendship, or at least an under a mutual understanding yeah. that, and it's reflected when, uh, and not to spend too much time waxing poetic about it, but when Maul's dying and he's like, "Will he avenge us?" It's kind of this great acknowledgement of like we spent the most of our lives fighting in a war that was meaningless and manipulative, mm-hmm. and our lives almost have no meaning anymore. And like, we have that. That's my in, whole life is right. to try
2: and kill you. That's my life yeah. right
3: now. And we have that in common. Me and my arch enemy that at the end of the day, we fought for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I really liked that.
2: I was like, oh, was such a great choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who it was that pointed out to me. May have been Ian or Elton. May have been someone else. That the move that Maul goes to do on Obi-Wan that he counters is the move that he used to kill Quiet. It's Qui-Gon. the move he used to kill Qui-Gon. Oh. I so that means Obi-Wan's been yeah. thinking about this his right. whole life. And he now knows... He's been thinking, how would I defend that move? How would I defend it? How many, he goes through the move, bam, insta-kills him.
3: How many times has he replayed that moment yeah. in his head in the last 30 years? Jesus. I so for such a
2: short battle that someone might go, wow, that kind of felt like... For such a long rivalry to end that fast? No. That's the exact way that you end that battle, man. And it just shows that, like,
3: we something Star Wars sometimes struggles with is establishing a clear power hierarchy. Who's Who beats who? Who's more powerful? And I get you know, circumstance. Well, we
2: need that for a video game later, man. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I get like circumstance and like plays a huge role, but I really like that when they finally came down to it, master Kenobi destroys Darth Maul. Like Darth Maul is not on his level anymore. Yeah. Like, and he... technically
0: he's just Maul at that point. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Just, sorry. sorry. yeah. <laughs> Maul, Frank, away. whatever we want to call it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, but yeah, I really like that. It really just kind of established that, Like, no, I'm here and you're here. And it, it's it conveyed in Obi-Wan's dialogue and, and their little conversation before where he's not even mad. It's a real great like, Jedi approach to it where he's like, dude, like, we shouldn't even be fighting. Why are you here? Like, we, like, you know, I, I, he didn't even want to kill him, despite everything they've been through. Yeah. I think but, it almost makes it sort of
1: more of a tragedy that Maul dies from that sort of perspective. Because yeah. mm-hmm. he gets exactly. put down real quick yeah. and from someone who doesn't really even want to fight him. Right. And it hasn't like, been seemingly holding as much of a grudge. As who's you know, letting it go mom. has,
0: but at the same time he's been playing the death of his master oh, over and over again. But like he but, doesn't
1: let it show as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just that whole sort of persona and the way that he's showing himself
0: to all. Yeah. Well, Kenobi, I was talking to Elton about this before everyone else showed up. But like Kenobi is the opposite. He's the foil of Anakin, where Anakin's so emotional and so angry, especially like in the Clone Wars, where mm-hmm. you actually the characters fleshed out made awesome mm-hmm. and redeems all that garbage. Overall it really feels <laughs> nice. like the true
2: representation of what a Jedi yeah. is. Yeah. From from their training, what they're supposed to be. Very calm, cool, collected. Detached. I like, can yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, you know, Anakin marries Padme, but Obi Wan doesn't leave the order and like puts aside his a For belt. the
2: Mandalorian
0: Prime Minister, yeah. 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 The woman.
2: Satine. Mm-hmm. Which is why yeah, that whole like rumor that or the oh maybe um Rey is Obi-Wan's, Obi-Wan's like, granddaughter or something like that. I'm like, no, man. Obi-Wan, he doesn't get his freak on. Obi-Wan does not get his freak on. He didn't on, break. Man. He yeah. didn't break. 20 yeah. years in the desert, yeah. he, he, just <laughs> <20 it>. <laughs> <laughs> he just pounded it. He just pounded it, and he <laughs> thought of, you know, his dude. Those, those Sand Raiders. That's it, <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh, okay, so let's talk about, if we're done talking about Obi-Wan, I just want to quickly touch on some smaller characters in the show. Yo, man. Chopper and AP-5. Now, I like it. You like it, because you were saying Rebels has a little bit too much comedy. And these two are like the two the grumpy old men of the Star Wars universe. They have some awesome adventures together. Yeah. And they work well off one another. Yeah. It's a real comedic duo. But something that I feel you don't get it's very different from (coughs) It's C3PO and R2. That's what I was gonna say. But it's very different.
1: But like
4: no, it's the same. It's not the
2: same. It is what it isn't.
1: Like the way that they Work together, and the things that they go off and do is very different in the show, versus R two D two, like Chopper and all that. Will go on, you know. He's a lot special, more active than. Yeah. than R2- they go on special there. missions by themselves at times I, to do I, and accomplish things.
0: It's R two and C three
4: and three P O, but low brow, which mm-hmm. is, I think is why I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're but okay. So those two droids, right? They're they're similar to R two and three P O. They're mm-hmm. also so, similar to characters from the comics. as Triple Zero. I can't remember with the R two units. These
0: are on the, the right ones here, that are being released for uh, the miniatures yes. game, right? Yes. For Imperial Assault? Yeah. Okay.
4: They're again, they they're different characters, but the interactions between them are the same style of interaction mm-hmm. that three PO has with R two. It's a protocol mm-hmm. droid and astromech, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just and it feels the same way with Chopper and. The robot. I still say Chopper's <laughs> one of my favorite characters. In yes, the I think yeah. Chopper's very good. Yeah.
2: but the... He's basically Bender in Astronomec form. Like, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> way to put it. One,
0: one of the things I. some Talking about those two characters, the episode, one of their episodes in season three, where they, uh, Chopper's taken over by Controller. Yeah. I so wish they hadn't killed off that guy because I was such a badass villain.
2: The way they it kill was, him off, yeah. too, is so... Oh, it's kind of bad. It ruins such a Look, great I wanted him to come so back. And it blows up their ship, apparently. Oh, uh, the end yeah. of that
4: episode is my favorite part when he's floating through space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> and they pick him up. No! <laughs> <laughs> the light goes
2: towards He's a great character, man. Have you like, seen that episode? Also? No, I haven't. Oh, shit, you got to watch that one. Fuck, that's um, good. Another character, and this is also... He might be my favorite character in Rebels is Agent Kallus, mm. and we found out that he's Fulcrum, which I think yeah. was a great reveal, especially since he's been, like, you could say one of the main villains. He's been in it since the very
0: first episode. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Um, another great story arc, I think, and we're going to talk, when we watch the trailer, he's in the trailer, and he's clearly left the Empire at that point. It's not a regulation haircut he's sporting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, talk about how Season 3 ends. Ian, I'm going to let you take this. Because you okay. were talking about it earlier.
0: Uh, so, I really like the ending of Season 3 because, like I was saying, I like my TV dark. And they're getting ready for the Battle of Lothal, getting ready to launch this all. And then Thrawn does a preemptive strike and just like cuts their fleet in half. They barely make it out with their lives. But it's uplifting, because, you know, they escaped, and Kanan's telling Ezra that, and Ezra's like, the fuck, man, we lost everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not freeing Lethal." And it, it's kind of like, if you look at the, um, the three first three seasons, it's like the first season ends with the Inquisitor getting beaten by Kanan. And yeah. it's kind of like the uplifting note that you get in A New Hope. And the end of season two, you have Vader kicking Ahsoka's ass, and Kanan's blind, and a bunch of people, like, die. Like, all three Inquisitors that are introduced in that season are all dead. Which, I mean, I know they're bad guys, but still, three characters got killed off, plus Mm -hmm. maybe Ahsoka. So it's a very dark, low note. And then season three, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to go battle Lothal, and we're going to free Endor. I mean, we're going to free Lothal, and then, but it's like a bait and switch. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, actually, Thrawn kicked your ass. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it's Act 4. Like Something the, we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so...
4: I think the, the ship battle up there is my favorite ship battle in Star Wars. It was really good. It was. Like, exactly. a lot of the Star Wars, the main space battles are fighter battles, right? Where it's battles, like the Death Star, that's a, that's a battle won by the, by the X-Wing, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff like And a lot of the Star Wars things are all about the star fighter, where that battle is really about the star ship. And I, I really like that. Now,
2: I love that
1: they finally brought in the Interdictor into
2: the yeah. actual screen space somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Now, we were talking, you were mentioning the Bendu. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about it later, about like, the Grey Jedi. Do you want to touch on that?
0: Sure. So, there's been a theme of balance that's been explored within Rebels, and now with the Season uh, episode 8 trailer, where and the Season 4 trailer, where Bendu... The big force-sensitive creatures, both light and dark, and the, you know, you have Ahsoka. She's got the light lightsabers, which I think Noah was saying. It's like, well, she cleansed dark side sabers. Well, yeah,
2: yeah. We don't really get a background story on what was happening
4: there. That's right? in. I, I think I get a third book.
2: When, when Canon goes into like the the vision, he's in like the the temple or whatever. Yeah. And he fights those guys. Those guys also have like white lightsabers. I think
0: they have yellow, which is they like Temple yellow. Guard. Temple. Yeah, but it, yellow. Regardless of like how the white lightsabers happened, it's symbolic of her being, as Maul calls her, a part-timer. Mm-hmm. Like She's not a Jedi, and she's not a Sith. She's a Force user. Mm-hmm. The Bendu is both. Uh, Kanan says, we've got to be the balance. And Rey says, this is the balance. I see the balance, mm-hmm. the light and the dark. And this is... Star Wars traditionally has been very black and white, you've got the light side and the dark side, you've got discipline versus emotion, mm-hmm. good versus evil, where now we're really exploring these, the crossover and the gray mm-hmm. side of it, which I, I really like because like, a lot of the stuff we're talking about, like um, the gray Jedi, the uh, dark side of the rebellion, these are always themes that I want to
3: explore when I'm doing Do wolf you think, and
2: also the Guardians of the Will, like we talked about earlier, that's well, what that's I was going yeah. in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: So to get to like, you know, the, the massive unanswered question, is that what Luke's referring to And he says the Jedi... Have to, is that, do you think that's where the franchise is going? To more gray? Well, he says it's time for the Jedi to end. Like, interpret that what is it, in, through the lens of what you're saying. Is that what he well, means?
0: Well, I had this conversation with a friend of mine from work the other day where is this now the Jedi have failed like this, adhering strictly to the light has not served us. The order has been wiped out and like the rise of the Empire, maybe we need to take...
3: And a certain rigidity that may have led to Anakin Skywalker's fall. Yeah, exactly. Like, like why, why can't he get laid? Boy, <laughs> no, and, 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 and like you guys laughed, no, but yeah. that to me was a huge turning point of the prequels yeah. where I if lost. You could just
2: bang Right. It's like, wait safe? a minute, Go hold on. Down.
3: The good guys, like, can't ever get laid? I like, I think I would turn to the. Like, <laughs> no kidding. Okay. Oh, I have gosh. Natalie Portman on the line, and like, I'm not allowed. To be
2: fair, we don't know if the dark side gets the. To... That's true, we
3: don't. Actually, no one on the dark side ever gets laid either, except for like Gray Jedi. The only one, so there you go.
0: No, no, no. But it's it's, (laughs) the light versus the dark. is discipline versus emotion, which includes like love and passion. Like that's the dark, dark side energy that they say no, you can't have any of that. So like Jedi can't feel, aren't supposed to feel love. They're not supposed to have families. They're not supposed to have like like, wives. The logic, I mean, I was just
3: as explained by Yoda that you're not supposed to love one person, right? You're supposed to like, you're supposed to love everybody we're all, everyone's alive. Everyone like, you know, so, like to love one person is selfish.
4: Like
3: well, Jedi should love it all. Right.
0: Like, or, it's this weird thing where like in common, uh, thought process, like, Oh yeah, you know, love, passion. These are good things. But in star Wars, it's like, no, that leads to the dark side. You can't do it. Mm. And maybe that's kind of where this is leading. Like that rigidity right. has not served.
3: Or it's, uh, it's, it's not been
0: good. Or it's like, not it's, a
3: complete understanding of someone's emotions or of, you know, the Force or whatever. Yeah, whatever exactly. Whatever that nebulous concept is. Because yeah. it's meant a lot over the last 50 or 40 years. But yeah, so you think that's... Is that what Luke's statement is in the trailer, which I'm sure we've all seen?
0: I have no idea. But there's no Sith in... In Episode 7, right? It's the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe this is just... They're the new Sith, and, you know, the Luke orders can be the new Jedi, or whatever it is. Yeah,
4: okay. So, well,
2: we're going we're to get into this afterwards, Episode 8. Mm. Let's quickly go through Rebels season 4, the trailer. Okay. Because we, we were talking there about mm-hmm. the grey area. Are we going to see more grey in Rebels? I feel like I Rebels so. is a lead-in to all of the TV shows. I mean, so mm-hmm. all of the movies that are coming out. They Rebels is a some, really good yeah. precursor for Rogue One. Yeah, I think That's it's going to... And I think this season is going to be a really good season, precursor this, to I think episode this,
4: 8. I, no, I think the season's going to end where Rogue One starts. That would make mm-hmm. sense. That's how I think it's going to like. But it might, yes. the themes or, might leave in up Eight. Yeah, on the prevalent. Right, yeah. 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 Um
1: I hope though that they do carry on more with the sort of balancing of light and dark because they started to at the very beginning of season three with Ezra. Yeah. Being real and dark. then after I think it was the first or second episode, they just never touched on it again. Mm-hmm. No, and no, it was the Bendu. Yeah. That's all about the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. And in the season But four, like you never trailer. see Ezra go through anything else with it. He sort of just yes. accepts that he's a Jedi all of a sudden, out of the blue and he never really battles that anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: And I found that to be a little odd throughout the season.
2: One thing we saw in the trailer is, we were having an argument about this before, but Saw Gerrera is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. hair's now gray. When the last time we saw him, it wasn't gray. So in that the means,
0: Rogue One or the No, in,
2: the, in Rebel Season right. 3, he didn't have gray hair. In mm-hmm. the trailer, he has gray hair. Mm-hmm. Time yes. has passed. Oh, definitely. A lot yeah. can happen. Mm-hmm. So, Just oh, like yeah. between Season 2 and Season 3, the characters
1: change. Definitely, but I think it's, an interesting aspect that they can explore mm-hmm. and that I really hope they don't just gloss over with a time jump yeah. Yeah. because it's really something that you never see in Star Wars too often and it would be a shame if they sort of just brought it up and then shoved it under well, the rug.
0: Kanan mentions the balance in mm-hmm. well, the Season 4 trailer so I yeah. think it's going to be a continued so. theme that they expand on.
4: Mm-hmm. Like, so. that, the same thing with uh, with Gerrera. I think uh, it might also not be a big of a deal with his hair changing colors. It, in the movies, he's got gray hair. In the cartoon, he has brown hair. They need As to make he. it work, right? <laughs> no, like that might just be it, it might it's just not, be, no, oh. No, that's completely true, but he's what I'm saying using... is we
2: saw a time jump from season two to season three. It would oh, make right. sense to do another time yeah. jump, especially if you want to have um, the final battle of Rogue One. If you mm. want to have that final battle in season three, you need to jump forward in time. Season not four, at, you mean? Season four. You're, we're not at that point.
0: Yeah, but there's not that much time. Like, from the season one yeah. starts five years before episode four. So that's... Yeah, there is much and, more time to jump. Like, how much gray hairs can he get? No, but so, in a year. So
2: one season is going to take place over a year.
0: Or there, it'll there's jump a There's definitely some forward. time
1: jump. Because we even see it with Callus and his change in haircut. Yeah. And. If I recall correctly, that's really how Rebels has shown jumps in character, is changes mainly change look. facial look yeah. hair.
3: Yeah. I'll also point out that you can get around to having to age him by, and now correct me if I'm wrong, when we saw when we saw, saw in the last time in Rebels, he was not yet crippled. The way he is in Rogue One. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so, so, so an easy way to do that is to say he goes to something really traumatic and his hair is gray because, you know, your hair, you have a few gray hair yeah. too, you've got blown up, you've got to have a breathing mask and two robotic yeah. legs or whatever, right? I
4: think, I think the, uh, the breathing point. mask, I don't think that's him breathing in oxygen, I think he's doing drugs. Like, straight up. I think, because all the you time... You think Star Wars breath- is
3: going to have drug use? No, a- well, there, there always <laughs> has been drug use in Star Wars, <laughs> but I think, I think yeah. what it is...
4: is it death sticks. Like, oh yeah, yeah. How how he takes it, it's like right before he's making the decisions, he goes and he takes he takes a hit, yeah. and then it's like I don't know. It's a mind altering drug that makes him like he does that whole thing was like, but on he's this day of, his of all days, he's pretty paranoid. Smoking that bad, exactly. Is, right. it, it, he, I was he gonna help you save your
3: dad, but then but, I but, got but, high. Yeah, but today,
4: like on this day of all days, it's is it is it the truth? Because I think that's the the drugs talking.
3: That's a great, I would, If they went that route, I oh, would yeah. immediately laugh, like, that would be better for the character. Like, what a unique way to, like, the fucking tripped out, <laughs> druggy <laughs> rebel. What a cool... That? We just, we've never mined that territory before.
2: Okay, we're not going to talk too long about... we already talked a lot about Rebels. How's this show going to end? Let's get some I predictions in there.
3: I, I mentioned before we started, and I say this as someone who is not familiar with the entire canon of Rebels by a long shot. So, you know, take this with a big grain of salt. But they absolutely need to kill Kanan and Ezra. Dead. Need to be dead by the time the final credits roll. Or else so much of the air and the momentum of the original trilogy is lost. You know, like, when Yoda dies and when gone I am, the last of the Jedi will you be. That line, if you make that line meaningless to me, like, there's only so much more I can take of you hacking away at the key points of the original trilogy before I'm just, like, broken inside. Like, come on. They need to be dead. Luke is the
2: last of the Jedi in that way. Maybe they're not Jedi anymore. It's because maybe they found that balance. <laughs> a technicality I was using as I died. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. What's
0: <laughs> well, so Obi-Wan's all about, that technicality? Right. It wouldn't
3: fit, right? The truth from your own point of view. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, you I, honestly, I don't think, think they'll I don't
2: know. First out. off, it's a Disney show. Yeah. It's a Disney cartoon on Disney XD. Your main audience oh. is children. I'm sorry, boys.
0: Maul executed oh, Obi-Wan's love in front of him.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's yeah they've bad. had deaths in the show and in oh yeah clone wars but maybe clone wars wasn't a disney xd show
0: true fair enough at the
2: same time it'd be really weird to not have
1: them die because they are such key players in the rebellion in rebels yeah and have them not brought up in any way in any of the the canon movies
2: would feel i think wrong and out of At the same time, right now, Star Wars isn't afraid to kill
4: characters. But also, that's that's, that's that's pretty clear. But but that's okay. So how, like, how I feel with, fuck, how do I explain this? Again, in I'm going to go back to the comics again. But in the comics, there's all these characters that aren't in the main storyline, because that's how it is. Is even though they made they're part of a, like, the Ezra and all them are a huge part of the rebellion in this sector.
5: Mm-hmm. But at the same the time... the rest of the... It's
4: star- just a small story. Yeah. Exactly. They're, they're a small piece yeah. of the puzzle. And in the and in the movies, we see the large pieces, right? We see all the little pieces coming together for the final plan. So them not being in there, I'm okay with.
2: Vader doesn't seem to be too <laughs> concerned about these two.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
2: well, at the right, same time... They're not relatively
3: powerful compared to... Uh, uh, so then, it, but at if the same they're not time.
2: relatively powerful, then how is it easy to... Mm. To sense them. Something I think we could
3: get away with that would satisfy the complaint I just raised. I think, if, I think we're building towards a Canaan death of some kind. I'm mm. not going to argue Ezra that... could perhaps survive. Yes. yes, And I think that... Now let me, let me raise an idea. Ezra survives. What, how old is he by the time ro- or, uh, a new hope comes around? He'd be, what, 15, 16? Do we introduce... A new hope? Probably, yeah. Probably 19. to 20-ish. Okay, so around the same weird. age as so Luke. So right yeah. in the perfect range to be played Luke's by an adult a little bit younger than Luke. <laughs> so the perfect age to be played by an adult actor in the new film. Yes.
2: Yeah, they could always <laughs> that's, I mean. as I, that's, well that's why I don't use that them because there's something. so many opportunities to use them. Right.
0: Yeah. I think at least but, one of them will die. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. I think that's probably the Because
0: at
1: the end of the day the big issue that I would have if they both survive is like I was saying, they are such key players in the rebellion. And if the rebellion found out about the Death Star, you would think that they would send, you know, their two Jedi that is towards true. That is true. stopping that.
4: Yeah, but you don't know that they're the own, they're two Jedi. That they two the Jedi. The rebellion know. knows, though. Yeah. The so re- why
1: wouldn't they be on the forefront of that? Otherwise,
4: the rebellion—how the rebellion works, right—is it's a top-down structure, mm-hmm. and information flows up the ladder. It doesn't really flow back down because they don't want individual people knowing the big plan. So they know that they're. They think they're the only Jedi within the rebellion. But maybe they're not. But maybe Mothma knows of other yeah. groups right. of Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't tell each other of them because if one gets captured, then it it breaks it, right? Mm-hmm. They're individual cells. That's how the rebellion is.
2: It's a terrorist organization. Is mm-hmm. is Ahsoka gonna appear in season four? Or have we seen are we just ending her story at that, leaving it kinda open ended, very Boba fett? No, I, she or are we
4: gonna see her I incident? don't think
0: her story's over, but I don't know if it's gonna she's gonna make another appearance in season
4: four. They I, might do a spinoff. Like she has she has a else. book. Yeah. They they wrote a book, there's the Ahsoka book. I don't remember if that takes place after Rebels or just before it. I can't imagine it takes
2: place after Rebels. Yeah. And thus takes yeah. all the mystery out of that yeah. ending. I don't yeah.
4: remember where. Depends on the, the huge cliffhanger,
2: hander, cliffhanger ending, man. Was was she actually killed there or not? Right. I don't, I, think, she's I don't think she's dead. I don't think she's dead.
0: Like, no. yeah. I'd be I surprised. almost feel like there's a almost Vader a shot of her.
4: Maybe okay. I thought she was dead. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe she escaped right. Yeah.
0: Well, she almost killed Vader too, like mm-hmm. she cut his mask open and stuff. So,
4: and when you guys were talking about Vader not pursuing um, Ezra and Kanan, it, again, this is another thing that was touched on in the comics is Vader wants to kill the Jedi. That that's that's like his personal yeah, mission. The Emperor doesn't care.
2: If they're, not they're out of the way enough. Yeah.
4: And Vader wants to do this, but the Emperor's like, "No, uh go do this for me, because you're my little bitch. And Vader's like, but I just want to kill them! And the Emperor dictates what Vader does. And Vader obeys him, because if he doesn't, the Emperor will just kill him. And that's, that's something that's not touched on in the But moments. he clearly can't
2: just sense where they are instantly no we can't no we can't otherwise he he rebels would have no point they would find the base instantly yeah. didn't there, know Obi- there Obi- are the two jedi let's go kill the he didn't
3: know obi-wan was alive until he was like 15 feet away from yeah. it yeah like he's standing outside the ship being like oh okay like he's hiding inside the ship i know right now, right? Like they're in a lot of away. the
1: extended lore they had it so that jedi could only feel the presence within like certain areas mm-hmm. like you had to be so close to them like, it wasn't necessarily
3: 15 feet, like... Or it has to be a massive event, like a planet yeah, going, right. like a... That sends huge ripples mm-hmm. that everyone can feel.
2: You gotta like invest a lot levels. of XP yeah. in the right force power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so... Or roll really well in Percent. That's why yeah. I think that there's good reason as to why they don't have to die, mm-hmm. or why both of them don't have to die. Right. That's enough about Rebels. Let's talk about the big trailer. Alrighty. It's just been two weeks now, I think, since the... If uh, that. Yeah, since Episode 8, mm-hmm. they released their first uh, teaser. Easter. Two to three weeks, yeah. Yeah. Impressions, boys, Ian?
0: Uh, didn't really tell me a lot.
2: It is a teaser trailer. Which is the best part. Because I hate movie trailers nowadays that like spoil the movie. I don't watch a lot of movie trailers now because of that. Yeah. And and the
3: the Star Wars trailers are really good. Give it to and and the hand of J.J. Abrams is clear in this. Whatever you think of him as a filmmaker storyteller, and I love him despite the flaws. Uh, his trailers and his, like, his teases are untouchable. Like, mm-hmm. the guy knows how to sell a story. Like, yeah. all his trailers for his movies are always fantastic. And this is, again, it gives you just enough, and you don't really know what the movie's about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I really liked it for that. And, of course, it has a great hook at the end. Like, that, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end. It just, like, you immediately want you immediately want to ask questions. Yeah. Right?
4: Noah? Um, the scene that sticks with me from that movie, and it's the only thing I really remember from the trailer, to be honest, I... I, I, I. Um, is the scene when they're they're on like the it looks like salt flats, and mm. there's the red coming up yeah. behind them. It's like the, what the, hell well, what is the point that? of that? It's very droid. Though. Yeah, I was like, what's <laughs> it's why really are they 2. touching? 0. Why are they touching the ground? We're and right, why right is this that, yeah. like, why is this red stuff coming out of nowhere?
0: It, it reminded me of the pod race. Yeah, but then on later viewings, it looks like they're rushing towards a bunch of walkers. So
1: it's hard to tell what's because the it, red right for? before that they show something oh. that looked like a bee wing crashing. And it looked very similar to the things
2: that were also
1: skimming across the ground.
0: Not a bee wing. I know.
2: <laughs> um, this, you probably didn't have to sell me on episode eight. You don't say
3: <laughs>
2: But this movie sold me on the fact that this is going to be another beautiful movie. Oh, yes. If you yeah. liked episode seven, if you liked Rogue One, you're going to like this movie. Right. They've just been upping the if cinematography. Anything, if not anything, this is going to be a beautiful movie. It's going to be very well made. Now, the acting, we can't guarantee because it's probably very heavy on the acting.
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because there is something I, I, you know, there's a, a bit of a conspiracy theory out there amongst, and this is more like film buffs than I think Star Wars fans. But if you look at uh, The Force Awakens and you look at this trailer, the one question we haven't answered is can Mark Hamill act? Can Mark Hamill act anymore? Now, th- like, there's a legion of internet fanboys about to call my throat out because he is the, maybe the definitive Joker. And he's done some really, you know, fun work. If anyone's watched The Flash, uh, he was really fun in that. And he's, you know, like, there's a... We really just want to embrace him because he seems to just be all about the fan community. And he seems to just be having a great time. And his voice work is unparalleled. But can he be wise in Luke Skywalker and have a range of... Emo- like, I'm not saying he can't. But the question hasn't been answered yet. So,
2: <laughs> you're asking, is he now a bad actor?
3: I have a has he always been a bad actor?
2: That's impossible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there is,
3: uh, there's a bit of. Can, could go either way. Can he slip comfortably back into those shoes the way Harrison Ford did? Does he? Where it felt like he didn't miss a moment. Does, does he have shows? a lot of lines? Right. Have
2: you we don't been? know. You've only heard one. Right. Maybe that's the only line he has. You just maybe, a it's a, line maybe it's not Maybe it's only the in the trailer. Thing. It's yeah. not even
0: in the film. Like.
2: Uh, you don't know how much acting he's going to be doing. He's uh, he going to be standing there a lot? Sure. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be a little... I'll raise black. back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm
3: not, I, I don't hope for that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like Mark Hamill, of course. We're Star Wars fans. We all are rooting for Mark Hamill. I mean, he's Cockknocker. Is he going to die? He's <laughs> Cockknocker. He's Cockknocker.
2: <laughs> I've got to root for Cockknocker. <laughs> but... If you haven't I mean, seen Janice the Bob Strike Back, you got
4: to What watch. are you listening to this podcast yeah. for? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, it's mostly a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill are both in it. Yeah.
4: Yeah man,
2: I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, neither am I. I feel like I think that Disney think,
1: isn't good enough. I think like, if his acting position. isn't that great. Yeah. Like
2: the, the how good the movie looks and the awesome fight scenes or the training scenes are probably gonna take away from that. That's a great point. We're probably gonna pull you away from yep. if his acting isn't the greatest. And, and we'll be
3: willing to forgive a lot. Oh yeah. I will forgive I will forgive a wooden performance yeah. from Mark Hamill, because I don't care. I wanna see Luke Skywalker on screen again, right? Did like,
2: BB eight go with her?
3: Yes. So
0: there you no, no, R2 did. I don't did.
2: think so. Yeah, yeah. R2? Oh, R2 right. It was R2 and Chewie
0: and yeah. so the Falcon.
2: So you're probably going to have a little bit of comedic relief in there as well. It's not going to be so serious. They're, I don't, can't imagine they're going to do like an hour of hardcore serious training. Let's get really, really dark. No, it'll be... Even Yoda, no, come on. Even Yoda, there was some comedy in Luke's training. Absolutely. Something, right? There was some... But it was... I wouldn't say... In, yeah, it was some comedy. It
3: wasn't direct comedy, but there was certainly some laughs mm-hmm. and some... Yeah. Yoda was a funny character. Yeah, Yoda character. was a funny like his characterization in Empire was fantastic. So, oh. awesome, Luke, funny so? I just,
2: <laughs> I just think that Luke needs to go full Yoda. It would be so great. He, he, no, he's living by yourself on a remote island somewhere. Makes you a little it makes little you crazy. <laughs> yeah. It makes you start the, start talking like Yoda. Right?
0: There was a great Twitter feed of like Luke hermit Luke talking about like what he's doing called the time on loan on this island.
3: Yeah with no house or ability to make food just grass on a rock. It's like it maybe just 30 by fits. 30 feet. And back. I'm just
2: saying we all know we all want uh, Ray running around with Luke on her back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doing flips, climbing yeah. up a rope. I gotta say. <laughs> the just, island's pretty small. I don't know how much training you're getting done on it, but. It's gonna be a lot
4: of swim out. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of laps around that island, right? Star Wars does love its water, so.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think, speaking of Rey, I think we can anticipate, and this also speaks to, to your point about female characters in the franchise. Yeah. When I saw Force Awakens, I was just incredibly excited by her character because it's such a. Like, it speaks to a whole new segment of the fandom, and I think the potential is really, really strong. For her to be to kind of become an all-time great female action hero, I, I'm on the level of like a Ripley or a Sarah Connor yeah, or, or a Courtney Weaver. Weaver, right? Yeah, like if you if you the same sort of are watching, bit. like mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley's Instagram feed is basically just her doing sword trading,
2: lifting weights. Like I think she's gonna <laughs> kick some ass in this movie. I just hope she doesn't mm-hmm. take a really bad Hollywood mythology movie. What do you mean? It just seems like every big action star ends up doing just a complete dud. Oh, no. like well, you, you be, mean like Star Wars? Right. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, no.
3: Listen, Daisy's agent. Read those scripts carefully. Right? So <laughs> we so, talk, talked about it well, like, the, Does anyone else want to anything about Luke? I, and, I, I just want to, like, uh, cut
0: away for a second here. What What's this whole Star Wars loves its water joke?
2: In like, all the new movies, there's, like, epic water planets or, like, Beautiful scenery with water. I don't even know how they find these islands or, okay, so. or stuff like that. The opening of Rogue One goes along a beach, a beautiful mm. waterfront, like right? And a black right. sand beach. Yeah, striking, yeah. striking cinematography. And then Kamino
0: oh, yeah. okay. and Naboo,
2: and also the planet. The fi- I forget the name of the planet at the end of Rogue One. Scaris. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. a I'd, water planet. So I, yeah. I was just thinking, the last Jedi. Of water she's everywhere. training around a. Island surrounded by water. They're uh, they're
4: compensating for Tatooine. Uh, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> what I went. It's one to. one or the other in Star Wars. Well, there's no yeah. regular
2: Earth planet. That, You're either really sand watery, sand, or water. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, that's
0: yeah. why I went to though first. It's like well, Tatooine and Jakku, like those are in almost every Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. So where the hell is the water? Like,
3: <laughs> I mean, people just say oh, literally, literally everywhere else. The yeah. cinematography
2: is beautiful and it captures the water great. And,
3: and, and let's take a moment, I mean, beyond just the cinematography, something we all complained about in the prequel era was the massive reliance on CGI. Like, I, we're going back to practical effects. Ah, it's the best. And it's great. So let's just take a moment to not just be like fanboys and like, that's fantastic. They're listening mm-hmm. and the movies will look good no okay. matter what. Like, we can at least hold on to that. Mm-hmm. So bravo, you know, the, you know whatever, the J.J. Abrams creative team at Disney that's making these movies. Yeah. Um, something else that I want to mention, I mean, this, you had asked me this earlier yeah. uh, before we started recording. The director of this movie I'm actually really excited about. Yeah, who is it? It's Ryan Johnson. Uh-huh. He did what movie again? Looper. He's oh, yes, yes. He did Looper, and this is his follow-up to Looper. And Which if anyone's anyone seen that, it's a fantastic movie that really does a lot of things very well. Mm-hmm. And this has just all the hallmarks to be the Empire Strikes Back of this, new re- of this new trilogy. Like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite science fiction movie ever. I think it's the best science fiction movie ever. And this, I, I think we're approaching similar territory. Yeah, I know and that's a contentious statement. What best sci-fi I don't movie? Ever. Know, best sci-fi yeah, movie. We, I know, I don't we, know. We,
2: you and know, I don't agree on it, but that's for a different podcast. That's for that's where yeah. we get a whole podcast yeah. on what the best sci-fi
3: movie is. But I think this has the potential to be that, and I'm really excited by you know the idea that we and it's something that Disney's also doing with the Marvel movies. We take this auteur director who's just broken big, and we bring them into the franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of brimming with creative energy, like a young Spielberg. The, you know, the great... Their missed... style
2: hasn't been right. overused.
3: The great missed opportunity, or another great missed opportunity of Star Wars, is that Steven Spielberg never directed one. Mm-hmm. Because th- why didn't he direct one? Yeah. At, you know, late 70s, early 80s, height of his power Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he yeah, really could have done a, real, right. like, a great job. So I'm it. kind of glad they're reaching out to these... Was, same with the Rogue
0: ones. One director. He was like a... Gareth
3: Edwards? Yeah, he... He hadn't done a lot before. Godzilla was his big... Uh, his big movie before that right and re- he did remake. monsters i think yeah. was he or, or mon- monsters yeah that's right
0: the one we'd watched like part of at jay's house and then it was like <laughs> three in the morning well the, that was
3: something i do want to mention if we're going to talk about episode eight and you know not to bring the conversation to a somber note but how does the franchise handle the passing of carrie fisher i think it's
1: almost the... too early to know because without the movie having been released, it's we don't know where Leia's character goes. Yeah. It's because the, she, for all we know, she could be killed off. It's yeah. also... And at that point... She was know,
2: done her filming. Yeah, period. exactly. Yeah, so they
1: wouldn't have to do anything in that movie if she sort of follows the same route as Han. And part of me hopes that that's the case. Just so that they don't have to suddenly kill her off just because... Of the fact that she's passed? Would they
3: would they kill her off? I don't think they will.
1: It's hard. Will we'll, we'll it like if a? She's it depends on how big movie. of a role I think she had in I, that movie. I, I could see in like what her episode arc nine is. would have been. I could see because episode, if it was a huge part, I feel like it would be a hard one for them not to kill her often, just because of how evident the CG would have
2: to be. Right. Yeah, Aren't like, Star Wars yeah. main characters orphans, or not orphans, but they don't have parents? Oftentimes, yes. Yes. Often. If she
4: was Leia's daughter. Mm-hmm. But then, by but Han, then Han be or by Kylo, someone else, by Han, then should be Kylo's sister. Yeah, yeah. my point. To you, I don't, I don't as see as that I said happening. In,
0: well, in I, I think Episode Nine is going to open with like Leia's funeral. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: yeah.
5: Mm.
2: that would be interesting.
3: And if that I would be really a really nice Tip of the cap to as well. Yeah, that, you're right. That's a great. Yeah, and we could kind of be like it be the funeral for Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher as well, or as. the ending
2: of this.
1: I feel like it would be a good end for episode
2: eight, having a funeral scene as well, or something. That, yeah. Because right.
1: it would follow sort of the same kind of darkness that uh, Empire had. Yeah. yeah. Because really, this movie should probably be very dark. And I'm hoping it is dark the, the, and al- follows the same route as Rogue One did.
0: Also, episode three ends with a funeral mm-hmm. scene yeah. where Padme dies, which, mm-hmm. I mean, the prequels aren't really a good place to draw inspiration mm-hmm. from. But but you know.
2: no, I, get what I get what you're saying. So we've talked about a lot about like Ray and Luke. There is... A quick shot of Finn in like a tube and it seems like he's unconscious very much like being frozen carbonite right I well he was unconscious at the end of episode seven
1: I thought the tube thing he was in was a starship yeah <laughs> I <laughs> thought it, he was piloting something
2: in a suit I went to back the tank cuz he's been hurt
0: yeah he like cut him up on the spine and then he didn't wake up
2: okay, if we're gonna spend a lot of the time a lot of this movie with Ray and Luke and Finn, like, is Finn going to be out for most of the movie? Uh, he could no.
4: be. I'm okay with no Finn, as long as there's and no if po. that's
2: okay, we have room, We have time to talk about other characters.
0: Did, sorry, did you say more Poe or no Poe? More Poe. Okay, good. We're on the same wavelength.
4: <laughs> his, yeah. His fighter scenes are seen. <laughs> so good. Well,
3: everything, everything about Poe Dameron was so fantastic. Good, but how does he
2: yeah. push the story forward? I don't, I don't Who care. Who
0: cares? <laughs>
3: Starfighter again. No, no, I just want more Starfighter. With <laughs> quad <laughs> laser
1: cannons, Joe, <Jay>. yeah, <laughs> that's I'd like, how.
2: I'd like a six-hour episode eight as well, but... Yeah, like how does he fit into the, yeah.
3: to the, the grander scheme? Oh, I, I feel like what they're doing with him is they're learning from the mistake of Wedge. Where Wedge became this very massively popular character in the other fiction, but in the movies he's kind of just like always also present, Wedge Antilles. And, you know, he's in a Starfighter yeah, occasionally. So, but but does, does, Wedge, does
2: Wedge need 15 minutes of screen time in every movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
3: yes. Yes. We're missing opportunities there. Where There's like, you know, the cool Top Gun style starfighter pilot is a character they didn't really do. Luke was that, and then he wasn't, and then no one filled that. Void. Is it going to feel, well, tacky.
2: No, is is gonna feel tacky if yeah. he isn't? Yeah. yeah. Is it going to feel tacky if he's in the movie just for the sake of being in the movie?
4: But no, he was because he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. He is in the movie, though. He's in the trailer. Yeah. His ship up in the
3: trailer. Oh. Of, of, the, every, of all the new characters introduced, his feels the most like he's in a 1970s film. He has a big pompadour hair. He, the way he talks when he comes when he's talking to Finn, he's like cool jacket. You know, you keep it, man. Like it's he's a character from American Graffiti. Looks like he's, he's very, very much a top Star Galactica. But the original, yeah, the original Dallas Star Galactica. Yeah, So <laughs> like, I kind of dug it. Like it's he's so retro. He's like punishingly retro, yeah. and that's what I wanted. Like no, it's cool. I love him too. It's a great point. Where does he go? Because he's very outside of everything else. Yeah,
2: well, we, and he we, can be part of a mission. There's no problem with that, yeah.
0: right? We were talking earlier about his. Like joke at the beginning of episode seven, like I that was one of my favorite parts of that film. Like mm-hmm. I really dug it. We talked that about is,
2: we talked about this in the last Star Wars episode. It really took me away from, took me out of my like grasp of the movie I had me in already. That's but true. I, I was like, whoa, what?
4: Um,
2: we might see more of that. We'll probably see more of that. Yeah, but I feel like that's his type of comedy.
4: In I life. see Poe going down a similar line that they did with uh with Cassius, not Cassius, Cassian, Cassian, with Cassian because. Poe is also born into the rebellion. Well, not not yeah. not directly born mm-hmm. into rebellion, but both of his parents were in the rebellion.
0: Like his mm-hmm. mother th- flew an A-wing at Endor.
4: Yeah, his or, mother. His mother was yeah, Sheriff okay. Bay. Yeah, and his father is fuck, someone. He dead. was on Han's <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, in, in the end of the Shattered Empire comic, they they leave the rebellion, basically mm-hmm. and form a family because you know Poe's on the way. Um, right. But so that I think it might be a similar thing of although he wasn't directly like born into the rebellion, there's so much he he is another part of just he is part of the rebellion just by yeah, by who he by who he what he was born into. What about Captain Phasma? Hopefully, how did she, she gets get a bigger role.
2: She was in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. She was in the trailer. She was? Wait, what? Apparently, just, that's a rebel yeah. base that they're walking through. How did she
3: get out of the trash compactor on the planet that blew up?
0: R2 stopped it.
3: I didn't. Open the door, don't know. That was such a random character for them to even really have in episode
1: 7. I really hope that she takes a bigger role in the other movies, just so that it's not just like oh, we have this Game of Thrones actress that everyone's loving right now, it, and then she's not in it anyway.
3: It wasn't just the Game of Thrones actress. It was, look, we have a silver Stormtrooper we can sell in Happy Meals and Toys R Us, and that's yes. something we always need to uh, Something
2: different from the regular Stormtrooper. Right, yeah.
3: and we need to remember that about everything Star Wars. It's about selling toys, folks. Yes. It's about selling toys. And so what's
2: Poe going to do? Is you the, want to buy a stock? Buy a stock in Disney. Right. Because Marvel <laughs> movies and Star Wars movies just produce toys. And Probably you, too late and to you, buy you, stock in that. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking
3: about, you know, what role is Poe going to play. Poe's going to be the guy you play as in video games in the next 10 yeah. years yeah. that's his role well if they create a rogue squadron game to allow you to do that right i will be happy. just like wedge, wedge was the guy he played as in video games for yeah. the previous yeah. 10 years right or 20 years like he's just gonna be that yeah. he's probably not gonna have an arc he's just there to sell toys and be part of the merchandise mm-hmm. poe and a shit on my phone and x oh, dude,
2: dude i love poe dameron and oscar isaac is fantastic yeah are there any other characters you want to see more of if we have the time in the show more characters. Han. I don't want... Ghost. <laughs> the ghost of Han. Don't do it. Please don't, don't. do it. Think if Han gets a force John, ghost... Uh,
3: should we just having Han flashbacks? <laughs> like, look. Me, like me and Jay, like Harrison Ford is the man. Oh, no, that's my man crush, bro. If, yeah. If, if, if Han Solo a force ghost, I'm upset. Yeah. He should It's not the way it works. No. That's, not the, that's not how the force works. Like,
4: that's... The only... So, that's another arc that they went into in the... Um, Clone Wars? In the Clone or? Wars, yeah, yeah. is how... Is how uh, Yoda, uh, Anakin, and all of them became Force ghosts, and how they, they learned that power.
3: From a dead Qui-Gon, right?
4: From a dead Qui-Gon, and Yoda doesn't actually learn from Qui-Gon. He learns it from uh, these, these weird face people.
2: Yeah, he goes to a planet at the end of Clone Wars, and he learns a lot more about the Force. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where he actually taught...
0: Yeah. Also, Dead Qui Gon's voice by Liam Neeson. I don't know if anyone yeah. knew that, yeah, which is really cool. So,
3: I have, having not seen that episode of Clone Wars, I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. If only because, okay, so I'm Obi Wan. Qui Gon appears to me. Hey man, good call trading Anakin. That was a really good decision. Thanks for that. Like, why is it? Where's that conversation ever had? Because. Oh, still... oh, by the way, you've been a ghost this whole time. So maybe you could have told me Palpatine was the fucking Sith Lord.
4: You could have appeared and just let me know that.
3: But thanks again for that. That was great. Like, they, they, their conversation should be strained and painful, not well, teach from, me
2: your secrets. I think we've talked about this before, but from what I got from that episode with Yoda, where he goes and visits that, like, forced planet, is that what's, is ha- what's happening just has to happen. These people have to die, the Skywalker storyline just has to continue, maybe it's not Anakin that's the one, maybe it's not Luke that's the one, maybe it's Ray that's the, it's just, it has, the storyline just has to continue. That's what I took away from Yoda visiting this Force planet. Is that at that point, he's like, I understand what's going on. I'm just going to Dagobah, just letting this shit happen, letting it unfold for now. I'm going to come back into it at some point.
4: Yeah, that's the whole thing is Yoda go- allows the Jedi Order to fall. Yeah, because he, let- he understands this is
2: part of the plan. This yes. is part of
4: the balance of the Force. To bring balance to the Force, the Jedi need to die. Yeah. Which is... Sad, but kind of horrible. Wow. Tell, of tell that to
3: the six billion people on Alderaan who got vaporized. Why, yeah. are, we even this, <laughs> why are we fighting this goddamn war? of all just needs to happen. Who cares? I hate that. That's just absolutely like,
2: no, 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 no. Okay, so That's back Star to Wars. Any characters in episode eight that you want to see more of?
4: Uh, I, don't know. Uh, I already said it.
3: I, I got one, yeah. and it's, it, more of is an interesting way to put it, but I have a character I would love to see make an appearance, and it's controversial um i'm not sure every fan would be happy to see this but i absolutely would like to see hayden christensen reprise his role in oh, absolutely with an actually good director maybe a good script and a touching scene where he appears as a force ghost to kylo ren and begs him to get off the dark path that scene could be fantastic <laughs> yeah. and he like doesn't listen to him We just throw it away and we don't even maybe acknowledge who he is but fans would know everyone would know that i would love that that would be let, let's redeem no. hayden I know. Save hate no. him. No. No. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's the the fan Why would rebellions they go to Hashtag, let's Team Hashtag Team Vader and not like Team Vader is the canon force ghost now.
2: I'm, I, know uh, of of I know a lot of people on him. I know a lot of people hate on him, but I wanna see more Kylo Ren. I like the Kylo Ren character, maybe just because I have a bit of a bias oh. towards like Jason <laughs> Solo. Mm. clearly that character is, is based on based him on. I would really hope Kylo's in the movie no but like I want to <laughs> like see more char- I, we're seeing Ray's development I want to see Kylo's development yes. and yeah. we didn't see a lot of him in the trailer we saw a smash mask was that his mask or was that yeah Vader's that was mask? his mask that was his mask that's yeah. what I thought too yeah and we see him holding a lightsaber
1: actually I did think of a character that I'd like to see more of the general of the, the finalizer order. yeah I forget his name the red haired guy so yeah, I mean, about, yeah, yes, Hux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's cool. I would really like to see him sort of fleshed out more because he seemed like a really interesting sort of almost Tarkin esque kind mm-hmm. of character, but one who might actually live a bit longer.
0: Yeah, Jay but, stole mine. I was going to say Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. I don't, don't know. Adam Driver. I really, is, yeah,
2: Adam Driver is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he's he does the best with the script that he's given and what the director.
5: Well, I, I
0: wants think a lot of. I think a lot of people don't like him because he kind of repli- reprised almost that, like, that whiny Anakin role, but I... Isn't
2: that the character?
0: Exactly. Like, he can't like, live I'm up... To
2: say, I hate him. he's so whiny. Yeah, man, if you were fucking twenty, early 20s, late teens, with, like, crazy good powers, you'd be a little bitchy, too.
3: And you can't and live he up to Vader. Vader. With no one
2: yeah, teaching you properly, this, have, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Was I also
3: brought up in almost a very religious-esque
1: kind of family. Yeah. Where it was just like, you're doing this because right, yeah. it's the way things have been. He, he has
3: a lot of ground to make up. And uh, you say you want to see more of him, I completely agree. But he needs to like he needs to get some of his badass back. He needs to grow. He got but, tools yeah. at the end of that movie by a girl who had never picked up a lightsaber before. But he also and before like, that, he barely train. could handle a stormtrooper <laughs> who either, right. doesn't want to fight in that movie.
0: <laughs> no, he did not. Bear- he kicked Finn's ass. Yeah. yeah.
3: I would imagine any of... Like, it, it was portrayed as being... Like, he, he, he had his moments, like, he cuts him, like, he manages, like, Finn doesn't win a fight scene in I'm Force Awakens. I'm also, Vikings. okay, I'm also so going to go back does. to the
2: point that you say Ray kicks his ass. I am a firm believer that Ray was part of the school. I think they're going to go And on had too. her memory wiped. So she isn't completely oblivious using a lightsaber. She knows what she's doing. She just needs to remember how to do it. I completely agree.
3: And if, that, and if that's the angle they're going to, then that will redeem all that. And yeah. that's exactly what I want to say. Well, they there. could also go the route
1: of sort of Luke Skywalker wear the Force sort of just takes control and guides
2: sort of in the ways that they need at that I moment. I think Rey was a little bit above getting blasted by a training droid in the ass. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> like, and from yeah. all of her
1: scavenging time, she definitely has more skill, like, inherently. Yeah, as an so artist or whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? Yeah. Because, like, even when it came to, like, flying the Falcon, she yeah. sort of just knew how to start it yeah. up and fly yeah. it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Wow. Sort of just like Luke knows how to fly all the various other aircraft sort of just on a whim. Right, he gets in an X-Wing yeah. and he's just good at it. Same as he knows how to use a lightsaber almost immediately. Right. Like, it. Could, they could go down that route as well, I think.
0: All right. Uh rang long in time, so do we want to do quick final thoughts or do we want to break for another segment? No, let's
2: do final thoughts, I think.
0: Okay. okay. Cool.
2: You want to talk about what does... We talked about it a bit before, but The Last of the Jedi.
0: What does that mean?
2: What does that mean? What are we going to see at the end of this film?
0: I, I think it's going to be... You know what? I'll go with this. I think it's the evolution of Star Wars, how the Jedi is George Lucas's baby. They've defined the series, and this is going in a new direction. It's the end of Lucas era Star Wars. We have told the a beginning.
2: story. We have told a story. Let's kind of bring that story to a close and start on a new path.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I think that's absolutely one take. I'll take the more
3: cynical one. And I Trust me, I want it to be that. I want it to be... This new thing—they kind of established that Luke is now the chosen one and Anakin is not. So perhaps he brings balance to the Force. Doesn't mean I always hated like bring balance to the Force means numerically there is two Jedi and two Sith. Like that's yeah. what balances. <laughs> Literally, like it's like on a spreadsheet. That's what balance in the Force is. Okay. So if it's like a new philosophy and like all that is great, but I'm a J.J. Abrams fan. I know where this is going. It's time for the Jedi to end. Uh, No, we're the good guys. Train us again. Okay. Same old shit. Like it's just a tease. Yeah. I think it's just a tease. I don't think like. I want it to be more, but I have my doubts. Maybe it's just bad guys. We meet Luke, and he's all cynical and bitter. And she's like, look, I'm a young preppy. I remind you of a young you. And he's like, you're right. I found my love again. I will be the Jedi. I think that's all it
2: is. Maybe that's just a conversation at the beginning of the training. Exactly. And helps them believe that, yeah. I don't know.
4: I see it as uh, Luke coming to the same consensus that Yoda did, where to bring balance to the Force, the Jedi need to die. Cause he, he rebuilt the new Jedi Order, which was different from the old one. You're able to love, you're able to marry, and all that stuff in Luke's Jedi Order. But even then, he's seeing, oh no, for for the Force to be balanced, this also can't be here. The Sith and the Jedi need to die together. Who said Adam. in Luke's Order you can marry and have... In the comments? I was like, yo, no one said that shit. Cause, Cause, uh, yeah, is, is, that, is that established? Yeah, because Luke never never trained from a Jedi, so he didn't know that he never got the dogma, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have right. the, the whole training of, no, you can't love, you can't do this. So Luke Luke marries in the comics and stuff. Luke marries with mm-hmm. his sister, damn it. The guy's yeah, that's
3: crazy.
0: also <laughs> <true>. Wait, wait <laughs> sorry. He's <laughs> he into some shit. In the current canon comics,
4: he marries? No. No, I was going to say. But they still made the Jedi Order. The, like, Luke's Jedi Order, that's still a thing. Yes, It came and then it fell. So extrapolating some of that other stuff, I assume is still there of... Yes, relationships and stuff are still a thing within within Luke's Jedi Order. So, but it's still not close enough to being neutral. It It still needs to die with the Sith.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Jedi Order fell what 50 years ago, pretty much at this point. Yeah, it's
4: been a while.
0: Jay,
2: I think, man, I'm going into this movie so open-minded, which I like. I'm not like sold on what has to be... I remember a year ago, a year and a half ago when we did the Star Wars episode. I was like, yep, this is what it is. I think Rey is Kylo Ren's sister. And I know there are these other things. Man, I don't care about any of that anymore. Just give me some good story. And whether we do see the end of the Jedi or he turns it around and there still is light versus dark. Which I feel like that's always going to be a theme in Star Wars. Yeah. I'm starting Star to Wars. feel I'm starting to feel <laughs> Start I'm starting to feel more that that yeah, Jedi are still gonna stick around.
3: Yeah, like, it'll yeah. still there'll still be good guys and bad guys. This is yeah. Star Wars. We're not gonna get into like yeah. super. But have guys. I, I, I so do, do be think speaking of that.
2: I do think that having just that grey Jedi thing opens so much more story possibilities mm-hmm. that they can get into farther down the line. And I'm talking like far, far down the line. You're opening up so much more other than I'm a Jedi and you're a Sith, let's fight.
3: There's such a great story potential, too, in Luke's Jedi Academy if we go that route. So think about it. If we have, like, Rey, Finn, I guarantee you Finn is going to turn out to be Force-sensitive because that would save his whole angle from the, when he's able to use a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And, like, Rey, Finn, maybe, like, a 35-year-old Ezra, maybe, like, uh, you know, like, some Wookiee character. Like, he, like, just imagine, like, that Misfits X-Men style kind of yeah, thing with, yeah. like, a like that would be so much fun. It would be fun. It would be so great. Like, let's, let's do that. Jeff, final thoughts?
1: All right. Uh, I really expect Disney to sort of go down the Grey Jedi sort of route, uh, mainly because of the way that Rebels was also going, with the fact that they've been trying to balance the light side and dark side, and the fact that I feel like Disney would probably want to tie in all of their their other content to the new universe, the new universe that they're creating. So I feel like, at the end of the day, that's probably the route they're going to go. The... Sith loving and Empire loving side of me would love it if they got rid of the Jedi, but I know that's never going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Episode Nine: Rise of the Bendu.
1: <laughs> all Bendu,
2: all the time. Yeah, but
1: at the end of the day, all I'm really excited for is hopefully some really kick ass, awesome space battles that aren't real quick, mm. and nice and long lasting. Because I think Star Wars does those sort of. I think everyone ass.
2: agreed that Rogue One yeah. had just a phenomenal. Yeah, the space oh, yeah. probably the best space battle
1: out of any sci-fi. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's really what Star Wars does well, is a lot of the space kind of mm-hmm. aspect and, and, a stri-
3: and a sort of strategic understanding, not super dense, mm-hmm. but the problem with the prequels is it often felt like we were just watching explosions. With yeah. no sense of, like, you know, the Battle of Endor is like, there's a, we, we get a sense of where it is at every mm-hmm. point, and the laser, and we have to move in close. And
4: yeah.
3: like, at least an attempt at some sort of uh, strategic picture, so that there's some stakes to it. It's mm-hmm. not just
4: light. No exactly. The one thing that's always bothered me about Star Wars space battles is they're only ever fought on one axis. Yeah. Kind of. Rogue one changed that up. Yes, the best star, star was yeah. like upside
2: down
1: but,
4: kind of, Well, right? They
1: had that. They had the Star Destroyers crashing into things going mm-hmm. up and down. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. mostly
4: they just all line up horizontally. Yeah. yeah. There's never yeah. any, you know, coming down from above. It's and, like, like they're playing a tabletop. Yeah. Thing. It's just like uh um, <laughs> we gotta
2: keep this audience engaged, not confused.
3: <laughs>
1: they've thrown in moth much, I know you're you saying, know, sitting yeah. playing armada it takes <laughs> it's, it's, it's Star
3: Wars has its roots in its space battles in World War II films right gunners mm-hmm. and things yeah. and yeah. single yeah. puppet fighters so they, the Star Wars even look like ships in the water with their front. Yeah. The no, right. exactly. the so I think that's, that's it pulls like, a lot well from space World has World always too. had a
2: naval feel to it right, right. No, like, and always yeah. will it's kind of yeah. how we're yeah. doing it Yeah. well man I think we've talked a lot about Star Wars
3: make an Obi-Wan spin off with Ewan McGregor just, just say, Make just one. Saying. Do it as we button. If you take a Okay, d-
2: fast. I want to do this around the table. The, we know, okay, there was a Rogue One movie. There's going yeah. be a Han Solo movie. What is the third movie? That- it's
3: it got to be Ewan McGregor, one of, the most, one of the most fantastic parts of the prequels, reprising his role as Obi Kenobi at the perfect age to do it when he's in hiding in the desert. And some story about how he has to keep Luke hidden, he can maybe leave the planet for a little bit. Just go back to that. Go back to that character. Give him the justice. Give him let him have this really meaty, dramatic, dark, gritty movie that just buttons his time and like, oh god, that's it. Give me some more you and Jeff?
1: I know when Disney first started talking about the Star Wars stories, the third one was going to be Boba Fett. Okay. But i we're know not we're not arguing we're not arguing here about it. But, but I know that they might I think I've also heard, though, that that might have been thrown out. Right, right. But I hope they, they keep that because I like Boba Fett as a character and would love to see sort of his uh, sort of backstory expanded upon.
4: Poe Dameron or Wedge Antilles. That, those Fantastic choices. Yeah. Wedge would be cool, too. Well, that, that's what I was going to go down was a fighter pilot type movie. Yep. Um, but the other thing... give me Top Gun, give yes. me Star top Wars in space. Top space. Yeah. It's a great R&B, idea. R&B, R&B, uh, but the other thing I'd also like to see would be Lando, Jabba, Jabba the Hutt, more Lando. Jabba, Lando. It, but I think T- that's big. gonna be too similar to Han Solo.
1: And chances are he'll be in the Han Solo movie. Yes.
4: Yes. he is in the Han Solo movie. Yeah.
3: <laughs> being played <laughs> by uh, Childish Gambino is yes. his uh, yes. real name. Uh,
4: go
0: Lincoln, I should, too his oh God, fantastic. I would like to see. Uh, this will probably kind of be in how they're doing the Han Solo movie, but I really like the uh, Edge of the Empire setting, like the smugglers, the bounty hunters, the people mm-hmm. who are just scraping by in this broken universe. I want to see stories about that. Yeah. Less like High Jedi, big conflict, Rebels versus Empire. I just want to see everyday people trying to make it work on the like edge of the galaxy where nothing goes right.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed, man. I think we all just want more good Star Wars media stuff, stuff, yeah. Stuff, yeah. stuff in general, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, guys, thanks a lot for coming by. Elton, Noah, Jeffrey. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you guys on again soon on our next special episode. I don't know what it's going to be, but or I'm sure we'll do another Star Wars one down the line. Or another Warhammer episode like That's everyone true. here That's plays. Yeah. I mean, Elton not currently, Warhammer, but yeah. everyone else. <laughs> right on, man. Well, uh, I'm Jason. I'm Ian.
3: I'm Elton. I'm Noah. And I'm Jeff.
0: And we'll see you on the wrong side of the mailstone.